All right, I guess we're back again. I guess we're here. We are live. We're live. Podcast Dave was working out the kinks, but uh, like I was saying, if you guys got an opportunity or a chance to uh, send Big John over a, a message, um, you know, of positivity and love to his family, and uh, give him nothing but the best. I'm thinking of you, big guy, and um, do that for me, you guys, if you guys can. Just keep it positive, please. That would be great. And uh, he's dealing with some things. His father is very ill right now, and so I'm um, wishing him nothing but the best. I um. I wish, uh, but hey, we're gonna get jump right into this. It, it, we are two minutes and four seconds in. If you guys want to link up your your guys's uh, video with mine, so Kayla Harrison right now is on top at a minute 56, 55, 54. So you guys can uh, link this together. The strength of Kayla Harrison is obviously key in the first round. But what I want to see though is can, can Kayla go hard for the full five rounds against someone who is somebody someone that can take damage? Aspen Ladd has been known to take some punishment to kind of bear with it and be able to keep pushing on. And so uh, the grappling of uh, Aspen Lad, can she stay safe without the, taking the big shots, able to get back to her feet and um, and do some damage against uh, Kayla on the feet? Make Kayla feel uncomfortable on the feet. Make her start shooting desperation takedowns or trying to force her way to the body lock, all of those things. I don't know, but Kayla is just another animal. I mean, two-time Olympic gold medalist in judo. You obviously can tell her ground up how she's been working on it as of lately and uh it shows she's controlling the positioning doing a great job right now of putting the the weight and making aspen carry the weight to kind of slow her down nice jobs though man nice jobs you know as you guys are all uh you guys go ahead and hit us in the in the live chat dave's gonna go ahead and read off some of the any if you guys have any questions for me or whatever then we can uh, chat about that too while we're watching this fight uh side by side so if there's any questions you guys have go ahead and shoot them over dave will read them off to me and we can uh chat while we're uh enjoying this fight here Big fight, though, for Kayla Harrison, coming back after a long layoff. Aspen Ladd, I think she's had, what, one or two fights since Kayla's been away. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this fight plans out. Only a three-round fight, not a five-round fight. Uh, this is not for a title. Uh, she, the, Kayla is not in this tournament. Aspen's uh, going to be taking this fight separately. So don't make sure you guys remember this fight's going to be three rounds. Nice body control, nice body locks. You know, keeping her pressed against the fence, making Aspen really work. Nice stuff. Yeah, we're gonna try. I'm gonna definitely try to stay live for the uh, for the whole card. So that's what I'm looking to do uh, for the rest of the card, anyways. Uh, we didn't. I was kind of. We were kind of trying to get started on it when the Brunson uh, fight was happening with Ray Cooper. Look, I saw some good things from Ray Cooper. He just got to get refocused and work on his conditioning, his cardio. I do have to agree with Randy Couture though. I was supposed to fight his dad a long time ago, Ray Co uh, his, the other Ray Cooper, uh, his father. And for him not to not be in the corner, it says a lot of there's got to be something going on. Hopefully, Ray, his dad is okay. Um, if that's not the case, then I hopefully that we can get some answers on why why uh, his father's not in the corner uh, coaching him. Nice job by Aspen Ladd. But beautiful throw. What do you got for me, Dave? Uh, just while you are um, kind of situated there, are, are, are your fights down? They have to be down Yeah, they have to kind of be down that way, yeah. Okay. It's the best I can do for you guys, buddy. No, you're good. Just uh, periodically give these guys up here. Yeah, you guys, I know you guys don't want to see my beautiful face. I know, I get it. I get it, I get it. <laughs> uh, if you guys are watching, you guys can finally get a chance to see what Podcast Dave looks like. He's not just the Mr. Wilson over the fence and home improvement. You can actually, he has a face. It's probably not what you guys thought. Um, you know, he's a lot uglier than you guys can imagine. 
<laughs> so I'm just pulling out this card right now just so that people can kind of see what this card's looking like. Um, so we've got Kayla Harrison and Aspen Lad right now. Then we got still have like one, two, three, four, five fights to go after this. So we yeah. should be here for the full thing. Hold on, I'm center myself yeah. a bit here. Yeah, we should be here for the full thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, what I like right now is Aspen's putting some good pressure. She's making Kayla feel a little uncomfortable on the feet. Kayla's not afraid to stand and bang, man. She's got some, she's got some big power. She understands that, you know. Uh, she knows how to close that distance when she throws her big shots. Damn, she can wrestle, man. She can wrestle. She's got her judo. She's really good at mixing it up. Uh, she's got to do a little bit more work in the posturing and letting the and letting the leather fly when it comes to the ground and pound. But good stuff, man. So far, good stuff. Uh, I see a couple questions down here. I'm waiting for Dave to read them to me. But it's basically like, will Bellator fights not have elbows like PFL? No, no. The, the rules, from what I understand, if you listen to the Ariel Hawani interview with Don Davis, is that the rules for Bellator will stay the same. The PFL reason why they don't do elbows is because you can't have a tournament format with elbows uh, because the way that they're doing their, their tournament is so close together. They're having to fight three, what is it, three times within like a six-month period. The reason why you're allowed to do the elbows in the lightweight World Grand Prix that Bellator does for their for their tournaments is because there's a long gap in between those. So the cuts have time to heal, time to get stitched up, time to heal up properly, and then get back to training. They spread, Bellator spreads their tournament format over the whole year, whereas PFL does their tournament format like a season, like he was saying. It's like a basketball season. It's like a, you know, like a football season. It's basically like over a six-month period or five-month period, and they try to get them in as fast as, they, as much as they can. And so, ooh, nice, nice little hook sweep there by Aspen Ladd. Didn't get all the way to the top position, but able to create a scramble and get back to her feet. Nicely done. And so that's why you're not going to see the elbows uh, involved in the PFL, but you will still see them in Bellator for the time being. And so I think there's a lot to try to work out. I think um, if you guys listen to that area, that interview with Ariel and uh, Don Davis, the understanding is that there's a lot of things that they still, they have ideas that they want to do and they are in, they're pointing in the right directions on how they want to get it done. It's just a matter of getting it moving forward. And that's a lot harder than people think. There's a lot of things that they got to work out first in terms of the fighters, the fighters' contracts, uh, which fighters want to stay in Bellator, which fighters want to join the uh, the tournament style and uh, and make money. Oh, beautiful head and arm step across a hip toss. Beautifully done by uh, Kayla Harrison to Aspen Ladd. Nice little, she had that little over-under, um, uh, not over-under, but she had the headlock position. And then she just stepped across. Hit the knee, hit the knee with the foot, the right foot, and just threw beautifully done, nicely done, right out of the mix too. If you're someone who's just learning how to wrestle or, or hit the judo sweeps and those type of things, the best time to hit them is right out of the the scramble to the feet because that person hasn't established themselves uh, on the feet just yet. I love how somebody is trying to um, get you to watch the PFL, like bootleg it from uh, in our comment section. I think it's kind of. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to bootleg it. Uh, no, I paid the fifty dollars to make sure that uh, I'm supporting all the fighters, and uh, they're all going to get paid. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, or they are getting paid. Uh, what else? What other questions you got? All right, let's hey, look in here. Say what up, donks? <laughs> what? What's a donk? Can you tell me what a donk is? Uh, no, I I know a honky tonk, but I don't know a donk. <laughs> all right, give me some questions, Dave, while we're talking. Hey, why doesn't Ryan Martin, why doesn't Kayla want to go to the UFC? It's got to be pay, right? Question mark. 
Uh, no, no, no. I really believe now that they've signed. If, you know, honestly, like there's no one, there's no one there for her to fight at 145. She's not going to make the 35 pound weight limit. So at 145, there's no one there for her to fight. Now the, the the merging of Bellator and PFL, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you got Arlena Blanco. You've got uh, obviously Chris Cyborg. You know, you've got female fighters that are in that weight class that came over from Bellator that can now go over and fight Kayla Harrison. Makes for some fun fights. And then also, too, with Julia Budd back in there, you got Aspen Ladd there. Now you've got the best 145 pound weight class uh, female fighters out there. Ooh, nice little side choke setup. She went from the uh, she went from the back into the side choke right away as Aspen turned to her back. Nicely job, nice, nicely done job by Kayla Harrison. I like what Kayla's doing right now. See how she's not blowing herself up. Time went out, but I'm saying I was looking at she was just holding on with with one hand, kind of basing out, keeping the weight down on her, making her uh, carry her weight from that position. What else you got for us in between this break? All right, let's go down the list here. Oh, someone said "donk" is a Luke Thomas phrase. All right, oh. well, that makes sense. Okay, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna. Sense. I'm gonna have to ask. I'm gonna have to ask uh, Luke what that means. What a donk means. Donk is a term used in the morning combat podcast. All right. But what does it mean though? Like donk, like jackass? Is that what it means? Donk is a donkey because we're all a bunch of jackasses. That kind of makes sense. I get it. I can I can credit Luke, uh, Luke Thomas for that comment. Very nicely done, Luke. <laughs> nice little step across, man. Beautiful head and arm throw. That step across. Nicely done by Kayla Harrison. Top position. Nice. Nice work. Got two rounds to to none right now for Kayla. Uh, definitely with the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu at the top position. What else you got for me, Dave? Give me some questions. All right. Uh, Kevin wants to know, what does Marab do? Can he sit out like Colby? Uh, well, did I miss something? Is it, It's going to be Cheeto and it's going to be uh, Sugar. I mean, I honestly believe that there's a good... I mean, I think for, if I was him, I would sit out for a little bit. I would sit out, I mean, at least until the winner of that fight and see if he's able to get that next fight. Um, if Dave, can you pull up the uh, the rankings in that weight class for the UFC? I just want to make sure I don't forget people um, when talking about, oh, this guy, this fighter should be able to get it. Can you zoom it in a little bit for me, please? Yeah, the 135 right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's kind of blurry. There you go. Let me see. Yeah, still, let's see. You've got Marab. You've got Sterling. You know, I mean... There's guys, I mean, like, you could look. Is it supposed to be? I thought it was supposed to be Henry Cejudo and Marab. I think those two were supposed yeah. to be slated to fight sometime in uh, February, correct? Or is it March? Sometime in February or March, I believe both of them had said, like, oh, I'll see you soon. And so, in that being said, I, I kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard it officially announced, but it's I know that two of them have been going back and forth and saying not that nice. I'll see you soon. So, I mean, that's kind of what I think Marab should do. He, he's got to stay busy. He's got to stay active. Keep yourself, um, keep yourself always ready. Because for me, I honestly believe he should probably be maybe the backup, <laughs> someone that comes in, weighs in, and gets ready to fight. Um, just in case someone doesn't make weight, just in case someone uh, isn't able to fight, calm Cheeto and Sugar Sean. What else you got for me there? <clears throat> uh, let's see. What will happen to Johnny Eblen seeing that PFL doesn't have a middleweight division? I mean, they're good. look, there's a couple things. You've got Patchy Mix, who's probably arguably the best bantamweight right now in the world. I know a lot of people are saying it's Sugar Sean. Some are saying it's maybe even Rob. It could be Sterling. But let's just put it all. The, let's, I'm going to shape it this way. 
you have four really, really good Bantamweights, five, and including Henry Cejudo. Those five guys are the best guys in the world. In any given day, one of those guys can beat the rest. And so I don't want to knock any of them. They're all fantastic fighters. They train together, Patchy and Marab, and they understand how good each other are. Nice takedown, the double leg for Kayla Harrison against Aspen Ladd. Nicely done, right to the side control position. Aspen with a nice, beautiful sweep to the top position of that front headlock. Very nicely done. Over to the back. Ooh, Kayla with the escape. Okay, a little bit of trouble here coming in at 225. I'm at 223, 222. Nicely done, nicely done. Aspen trying to get the full back, get the hooks in. She's losing the position. Ah, oh, Kayla right to the arm bar. Oh, Kayla with a pullout. Nice ground and pound. That's how you do it. Right when you escape from a submission, go right to the ground and pound. Nicely done. Make them, make them miss the, miss the submission and make them pay. Great job by Kayla Harrison. Great job. Sorry, I was getting on. What, what was it? What was the question again? About Marab and Henry? Yeah, you know, we already talked about Marab and Henry. That fight was supposed to happen. Um, let's see. I oh, just Johnny I look, Evelyn, Johnny Johnny Evelyn, Evelyn. Fight, I look yeah. at Johnny Evelyn. I look at Johnny Evelyn and I look at um Patchy Mix. Those two guys, they need to just create the weight class. Now I know it's not fair because basically they're gonna end up fighting all the Bellator guys anyways. But then I look at Johnny Evelyn, right? You've got now Derek Brunson, you got Ray Cooper now who's trying to get in there. Look, Duran Wynn has come back and said, Hey, he'd like to come back and fight. And Duran, I'm a he's a friend of mine. I'd like to see Duran in this. I'd like to see Duran win and, and Ray Cooper fight. That'd be a good fight. Both of them are about five seven. Five six, you know, and just tree trunks, and I think that'd be a great fight. Both got big power on the feet. Duran's got better wrestling, but I'd say the boxing and the power of uh, Cooper. So you got those two guys in there. They're going to progressively get better, and you've got all the middleweights from Bellator that come over. You've got Gegard Mousasi, who's still around. You got Fabian Edwards, who's there. You've got Austin Vanderford. You know, you've got Dalton Rossi. You've got all these guys to make to make this thing happen. So. I'm looking forward to it. Nice shots by Kayla Harrison, though, from the top position. They've got to create those weight classes and do them in a tournament format so guys like Johnny Eblen have a chance to make millions of dollars just like, uh, and same thing with Patchy Mix, continue to make millions of dollars. Patchy just won the million-dollar Bantamweight tournament in Bellator, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, them go into these tournaments if they want. They can continue to go into these tournaments and make it fun for everyone, man. This is, this is an opportunity for everybody to make money. So if they want to go into the tournament format for young fighters like a like Apache Mix, for young fighters like a Johnny Evelyn, for young fighters like Sergio Pettis that is only 30 years old, those guys should be going into those tournaments, giving the best fights they can. And those are that's the, those tournament formats, the style which PFL does it, that's what makes them so interesting. It's good for the younger fighters who really want to try to make a ton of money while they're still young. I like that idea. But when talking with Don Davis, when, when when hearing him talk, that whole concept doesn't work for the older fighters, like a Patricio Pitbull, you know, um, like a Anthony Pettis, uh, Patricky Pitbull. It's harder for those guys to make that weight, constantly be uh, training nonstop for six months straight to try to keep your weight down, also to stay as active as you can to fight in a tournament-style format. Now, that doesn't mean you can't fight in Bellator over in the UK or wherever they're going to be having their um, most of their fights in Bellator. That doesn't mean you can't do that. Uh, you can't still stay busy and active over there. It's just a matter of how they end up structuring their, uh, their contracts for the Bellator uh, fights and for the PFL fights. What else you got for me? I'm... 
I, I thought, look, I thought it was probably one of the better fights I've seen Brunson as of lately with his condition and his cardio. But in that being said, uh, Ray Cooper is not someone who fights at a very fast pace. He tries to land the one big shot, he tries to wait for you to make a mistake so he could land his big shots and then knock you out. Um, he, he's going to, I want to see what happens when he has to fight somebody like a Johnny Eblen. We're going to find out. You know, I mean, look, I know how good Johnny Eblen is. I know how good Brunson is. But Derek Brunson is not what he used to be when he left the Strike Force days, kind of came into the UFC days, and he's not the same fighter he used to be. But I'm still looking forward to seeing him versus uh, Johnny Eblen. I feel like Kayla Harrison ran away with this 95. Um, we have on this max out of 100, 95 round one, 95 round two, 95, 96 round three. And a 12, I don't understand what the AI scoring is. So the AI scoring is something through their smart cage that I'm going to have to actually get familiar with. And I'm not listening to the commentary because I can't have it in the background while I'm giving you guys the commentary. One of my favorite coaches right there, Mike Brown, one of the nicest guys too out of American Top Team. Just a, a walking book of knowledge just you know, in the sport of MMA. Mm -mm. I would what do you think of this fight? Well, I thought Kayla. I thought Kayla did a great job of controlling the space. I thought she did a great job of closing that distance and getting it right to the body lock, right to the takedowns, and just nicely done, man. She's she's a pro. I think she's kind of just getting back into her own. She understands what's important. Uh, she's, I was listening to some of her interview earlier, and she said, I was so concerned about what my kids were going to think that I lost and this and that, and I think she's, I think once she realized that the, the kids were okay with, oh, you lost. It's okay. I still love you. And that's, that's the, that's the great thing about coming home. I mean, to your kids, like they, they just want to make sure you're okay. Are you okay? And then once they say that, once you say that to them, they love you no matter what, you know, um, for the longest time, I, I want, I only wanted to have dogs because no matter what, when you walked in the door, right? Dogs love you. <laughs> and then once you have kids, you realize it's pretty much the same, man. No matter what, they love you. And uh, it's nice to see, you know, when they come running to the door, you know, and uh, waiting to greet you. So good stuff. Well, I, can't, I want, I wish I could hear what she was saying, but I can't. But um, what else you got for me there, buddy? I know you, I see you pulling up a bunch of news in the news feed. Okay. No, you you know I can't read that fast. Um, how do I put closed caption on my iPad? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. There we go. Cool. There we go. Okay. Oh man, man. No, I got it now. But now you got me trying to read and talk at the same time. This is gonna be horrible. Man, you guys thought my math skills were bad. Jeez. <laughs> um. I'm not sure if you guys, uh, in the beginning of the show, I said, uh, big John's not going to be with me tonight, but, um, we had talked about doing this and if you guys can please send him a positive note with through his Instagram DMS or just on a, on a post that his most recent post that he did. Um, you know, his, uh, he's having his, his dad is, is not doing well. And so if you guys can please, uh, send him over something positive and let him know you're thinking of him. And I'd really appreciate that. Do it on Twitter or X is they're calling it. And, um, and on Instagram, whatever, wherever you guys can find a way to get a hold of them, I'd truly appreciate that. Keep it positive, please. Uh, also, let's uh, let's go. Look, I think I think Blonde Brunson has always been the better Brunson. He's always been good. I mean, like he's not as good as if you guys have followed us for a long time. He's not as good as 
uh, Dave Blonde, Blonde Dave, you know, Eminem Blonde Dave. But it's like if you guys go through Podcast Dave's Instagram, you'll see he's had he has some photos of him dressed like Eminem, dressed like Eminem. He's got the blonde hair back in his rap battle days. And uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave can spit some bars, man. I give him a little bit of love. He's no Moro Ronello on the on spitting bars when yeah, it comes, man. you know, Moro can spit, man. He's crazy. He can I'm make it up right level. there on the spot. Huh? I'm on a different level. Come on. Behave yourself. Bro, bro come on. I've seen him. It's crazy. It's so crazy how good he is when it comes to. I'm surprised he's not a rapper. Tomorrow? <laughs> really? I'm being honest, man. He can, he can do it with words I've never even heard of. They may not even be real words because I don't know what they are, but he, he makes it all go really well. Good stuff, man. Good win for American Top Team. Got a great group of fighters coming out of there. I mean, they've always had a great group of fighters coming out of there, but I feel like they're really dialing in and um, good stuff. Impa um, I right now is coming up. He is next. Should be good. Uh, Kevin Morrison, how does Ilya beat Alex? Ooh, well, here's there's a couple. There's a bunch of big time questions about this, right? So, what would be your questions, Dave, in terms of how how Volk would get it? Like what a Volker Ilya uh, Tapuria. For me, the question would be: Is Volk the same fighter after getting knocked out by Islam Makachev? Mahachev, sorry. Okay, is yeah. is he the same guy? Because look, confidence is key, man. That's the biggest thing in fighting, and it's one thing when he lost to him in a decision. Like, oh, I just went, I just went the distance. Arguably, you could have said I won, you know, even though I didn't think that. But you know, you could you look the smaller guy from 145 coming up to the 55 pounder, you know, um, fighting him and put on a great performance, doing something that not a lot of guys have been able to do with Islam. But then fighting the second time and getting actually starched in the first round, quick. It's just not like those have an effect on your your mindset, confidence in going into a fight is key will that change anything and fighting someone like Tapuria? Tapuria, talking mouthpiece he will try to get under Volk's skin um look stat like size wise they're very similar um i gotta see the actual actual breakdown of what their size differences are but i mean i think they're both about five seven five six and they're you know obviously they're gonna weigh probably around the same um and I look at Tapuria, he's got the, I would say he's got the better, cleaner boxing, but I think the speed of Volk is probably a little bit more. I think the power of the kicks is going to go to Volkanovsky. The wrestling is going to go to Volkanovsky. I think the submission threats though, uh, the arm and guillotines, the tight, the tight positioning on the submissions are going to go to Tapuria. But Volk has shown when he fought Brian Ortega, he's like not afraid to be put in deep, deep chokes and he can escape. He will fight to the bitter end to get out. So when I look at the two of those, what is, what's the size difference on these two guys? Can you see? Yeah, let me grab Volk real quick. There he is. Okay. How tall are each one of them? 5'8", uh, five, eight, five, five, eight, Tapiria, 5'6", five, Volk. Okay, so there's a two-inch uh, height difference. And uh, what about Reach? Uh, Reach isn't on, Sheridog, but I can grab okay. it somewhere else. Okay, and then you have height, and you have, and then weight is about the same. I mean, they're gonna end up weighing five. Yeah, forty-five. But by the time they actually fight, they'll probably weigh about the same. Nine years age difference. What's that? Yeah, there nine is some years. nine years difference. That's gonna be a key as well. Look, Volk is—he's always in shape. He's always ready to go. That's not, that's never gonna be the problem with him. And um, I'm looking forward to 
seeing exactly how Volkanovski approaches this fight, given what he just went through with Islam Mahachev. You know, that being said, Tapuria is that guy. He's just, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. He doesn't think any other way. He doesn't think that he can be beat. He doesn't think that, and, and he, he has every right to believe that because he hasn't been beat. Uh, he's, you know, 14-0, and 0, I believe, or 15-0, and 0, I believe. 14. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at it, though, you know, Volk, he hasn't, he's been beat, yes, but his last two losses are to a 155-pounder. That's, that's it, his last two losses. So he's only got one loss if we really think about it. But my concern with Volk is that he is um, at, at like, you know, his last fight, is that how will he approach this fight knowing he's coming off of a knockout loss? Will he fight the same? Will he fight timid? Um, those, those things go through your mind. What else you got for me, Dave? <clears throat> Let's go through here. Yeah, Sorry, I was putting someone in a timeout and I was um, taking a note as well. Some mm -hmm. of these negative comment I just did not need in, in there tonight. Oh, wow. Uh, and, I, and I don't really do that, but, you know, I just don't need that. Uh, who did it go with? Did you huh? put you? How do you do that? Do you Can you silence people on this? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty dope. I got to try that. <laughs> um, so... Eric and Tariq asked, could a person in the mid-20s start MMA and fight in the light heavyweight division? Someone right before that asked, Dev asked, Josh, how realistic is it for someone in their mid-20s to start MMA or kickboxing or any combat sport and reach a high level if they have some combat sports experience? Okay, so I look at it, um, I've said this I don't know how many times, but I look at it as with the lighter weights, I think it's almost impossible. I think with the heavier weights, I think you have a better chance. And what I mean by that is, if you are somebody who is in the in the light heavyweight division or the heavyweight division, if you have any ounce of athleticism or any ounce of wrestling, a little bit of, you know, and some athleticism to go along with it, I believe that you could have a successful career. I'm not saying you're going to be champion, but I'm saying you could you could probably potentially make it to the UFC or you can make it to Bellator, or you can make it to PFL, make it to one. You can find a way to get in to one of those organizations in the upper weight classes. I would even maybe go as far down as 185. Um, because there's not a plethora of top level talent from 185 to 205 and definitely not in heavyweight. And so when I'm looking at this and it's no, I'm not taking digs at bigger guys cause I'm the smaller guy, even though I would love to, but those are just the facts. The facts are, is that if you have, if you have an ounce of wrestling, like if you have Macy, like high school level wrestling that you've matured into say in junior college to, to low level college wrestling, you would have, I think a good opportunity of making it. As long as you learn how to shape that with your jiu-jitsu. If you are a wrestler, you come from a wrestling background, learn jiu-jitsu as fast as you possibly can. And then move from there to right into learning how to, you know, to be gritty and grimy and learn how to push yourself. Really learn how to hang on people. Really learn how to make them carry your weight. John, we, John and I were talking about this and we even said this, I think, a couple of shows ago. Randy Couture, he never black belted anything except whooping ass. You know, he was somebody that he didn't have a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He didn't have a black belt in taekwondo or, or karate or anything, but he had a black belt in whooping ass. He knew how to wrestle you down, control you, ground and pound you, hang on you. He also had a, a black belt in, in mental warfare. And I used the Mike Van Arsdale fight as an example. He saw Mike Van Arsdale saw, uh, or Randy, he saw Randy Tour stand up in between rounds and bouncing around because my, because uh, Randy Tour saw how tired Mike Van Arsdale was between rounds that he's like, forget it. I got, I stood up, bounced around, smiled at him. And it made Van Arsdale want to quit, made him not want to be in there anymore. 
And that's a, that's a huge thing. Mentality is everything. How mental can you be to push on through these, through the rounds and how, how well, and I think it's very significant in the, in the, um, in the heavier weight classes, 185, 205, and heavyweight. I think as long as you can work on your wrestling, grind in with a little bit of your jiu-jitsu, submission defense, and start to learn how to strike, I think you can definitely make it to a bigger promotion. Um, in your If you start in your mid-20s or early 20s, I think you could definitely make it there. Um, uh, Azmi Amin asks, why is Gaethje not fighting Makachev next? Uh, I, I don't know. What, I, did they announce something that it wasn't happening? No, I, I don't think they announced anything, but yeah. but I don't know why they're asking that, but that's what they're asking. I think that they would try to maybe get it in before Ramadan. I think they may have said, did they say that they were going to give Charles Islam? Yes. So maybe they're going to give Charles Islam. Yeah, I think they are going to give Charles Islam. That's right. I was just looking at the rankings there. Yeah, I think they're going to give Charles Islam. So I think Justin's going to be on the on the back burner for a second. Um, but it's a big deal. I I would like to see the Gaethje versus Islam fight. I think that Charles, uh, the Islam, because of the way he beat him and how he dropped him first, jumped on him, passed the guard, got the side choke. There was a lot of elements in that fight that let you know that that uh, Islam was was going to be able to control that fight. Now. I look, every fight is different. And, but I look at Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is a threat to Islam in the power, in the striking, and the ability to take a shot, give a shot. It's just a matter of can he stop Islam's wrestling? We saw with uh, Habib that he couldn't stop Habib's wrestling, and that was definitely the, the downside of it all. But like I said, styles make matchups. Islam is not the same type of wrestler that Habib is. Habib is the double leg, single leg, lift, scoop, take you down, shoot, you know, low level doubles also, like, you know, getting his, his dropping his level really low and getting in deep on the penetration. Islam is someone new. He will shoot, but he'll work his way up to the body lock, into the over-under, into the foot sweeps, into the hip tosses, all of those type of things, single leg lifts, all of those. He'll work you more that way. So it makes for a different a different type of fight for Justin Gaethje. What else you got? Well, we have a walk. Which title fight we have walking it right now? Uh, Joshua Silveira mm -hmm. and Impa Kasangana. Kasanganai. Kasanganai. <laughs> it's the one name that I can say. I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of names that I can't say, but he's he's the one name I can say. What do you I think mean, going into this? I don't know, man. Like I look at Kasanganai is he's good on the feet. You know, he's got some power. I mean, I think a lot of people remember him from the Joaquin Buckley fight where he got where he um Joaquin Buckley kicked. He caught the kick and Joaquin Buckley threw the spinning back kick right to the face. That's kind of the, the fight that I think people remember him by. But Joshua Vera, man, he comes his dad is world famous, basically a legend in the sport. And um his dad's a lot bigger than him, by the way. <laughs> and but uh, you look at uh, Silvera, he's good. He's tough. Uh, he can fight everywhere. Uh, it makes, I, I think, as long as he can, I think if he can get this fight to the ground, though, where he makes Kasanganai very, um, it's going to make it very hard for him to get up to the, get back up to his feet. I think he'll have a good, good chance of winning this fight. But he's going to have to get right inside that grill. He can't stay uh, in kicking distance of Kasanganai. He can't stay in the boxing distance of Kasanganai. He's got to actually push the pressure, push, put the pressure on him. And make him fight an uncomfortable fight. 
We will see. What else you got for me, Dave? Let's try to keep this thing rolling, man. I want to keep these. I want to answer as many people as we can. Uh, what did what did Usman pop for from Eric and Tariq? I didn't know that Russia fighters pop frequently. <laughs> That's being a smart ass. <laughs> um, no, they uh, they did not release what it was. They just said it was a doctor prescription. Um, whatever it was. Another so guy just, asked right before Usman's suspension is hush, 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 but I don't think that's true. No, no, no. It just, if you look at a lot of fighters, right? Um, commissions don't release what it is. And I don't know if that's based off of the management of them or if it's the fighters telling them, no, you can't release it. Or if it's just that they don't. Um, I think some, some people will just like, oh, you got busted. If, if the fighter feels like it was nothing, they'll say, oh, I got busted for dick pills. Oh, I got busted for marijuana. They'll say what it is. Um, I don't know how some of the other ones get let out, but it's under my it's my understanding that that it's um, that the commissions don't release it public to make it public information, like what it exactly was. What else? Um, Neos GX01 thoughts on Colby saying he earned his title shot the hard way. <laughs> oh man. Damn, I think you guys are coming in here in like groups and just like asking the same question. There's like five yeah. questions came in about Usman at the same time from different people. And then mm -hmm. the same thing earlier with the people trying to train in the mid twenties. That's you guys are kind of funny. Ice cold. Yeah. That's Conan's son to answer your question. Uh, go ahead. What was the question again, Dave? Thoughts on Colby singing on this title shot the hard way. I mean, he, he earned it the hard way because he waited out for it. I mean, you made it more difficult on yourself by doing that. Should have tried to, should have tried to stay as active as you possibly could. You, who knows? I don't think you've changed. I don't think Colby's changed that much in his style and the way he fights. So Leon's been pretty active, uh, understanding that if you're not active as the champion, you don't make any money. Like the thing is, if you're the champion, you need to fight as much as you can only because that's when you make as much money as you possibly can. So if you're the champion that sits out one fight every year, sure, you're making good money, but you're not, you're not, you're not getting filthy rich like you could be. Being active, like you, your pay per view dollars are based upon Leon's based one upon, fight a year, huh? Leon's one fight a year. That's not really active. Well, he just fought, he just won the title, dude. Stop yeah, on the Kobe, stop on the Kobe train, buddy. I already see where you're going with this. Stop. I'm gonna. I mean, he's not. He's not any more active than Kobe is. Well, he hasn't had a chance yet. Well, Col Kobe's only had what one fight in two years. Uh, yeah. Look, go ahead. He fought, look he fought Masvidal last year. Yeah, he fought Masvidal last year. That was the one fight. Uh, I think he's. Um, what yeah, did he fight before that? He fought, he fought before Usman. that, he fought Usman, yeah. yeah. So he fought it's... March last year. So it's been a year and a half, almost two years. I like Colby, man. Yeah. I think I think that he's good for the sport. The trash talk, the way he does it, it's a shtick, but it's good for the sport. Um, you know, it keeps people interested in, in what goes on in that weight class and that division. Where's Colby at? When's he gonna? Who's he gonna fight next? But what happens when you don't fight? People kind of not that they don't forget about you. It's just that they start, they stop, they stop caring. The shtick now gets old when I don't actually get to see you inside the cage. You've got to be active if you're going to run that shtick the way he's running it. All right, here we go. We got the start. I haven't seen Yamasaki, Mr. Mr. Hart himself, <laughs> the, the referee. I haven't seen him in a minute. Jeez. Mario Yamasaki. Yeah, I haven't seen him reffing in a while. All right, let's go ahead and see. Here we go. Impa versus Silvera. Ooh, nice kick. This is where I think that 
I think this Silvera has got to close that distance, but he also can't get careless and shoot shoot uh, crappy shots. This is a big time fight for for Impa. A million dollars on the line for both these guys. It's a two hundred five pound weight class. Now I look at these two guys that are fighting for a million dollars, and the and look at guys like Nemkov. That's who that's who these guys would be fighting. Vadim Nemkov. The winner of this is going to fight Vadim Nemkov. I mean, there's a, I wouldn't even go as far as Vadim Nemkov, Corey Anderson. You got Corey Anderson, you got Vadim Nemkov, you've got Phil Davis. You got Julius Anglitskis. Those are the guys in Bellator right now at that 100 or that 205 pound weight class. Nice attempt by getting the fight to the ground. Wasn't able to control it on the bottom. He's got to be careful here in this in that, that range right there. That that boxing range. Very nice. Nice straight left by Silvera. But he can't hang out there. Anytime you're fighting South Paul versus um conventional, the person he got Wiz Khalifa down there on the bottom right. <laughs> uh he heard he heard podcast Dave. We're talking about spitting bars. So he's like, you know what, man? Let me go out there and see what this guy can do. Come on. Come on, Dave. Give us some bars. <laughs> those are back in your M&M days? Back in oh, days, man. man. Back in those M&M left, days? Left those days behind me. I like how Imp was taking his time. Ooh, nice body shot. Come back up top with the... With the uh, ooh, that was a straight left by Silvera. Anytime the, the conventional fighter is fighting a southpaw, the straight right to the body, then come back over the top with the overhand left, it works really well. If you guys go back to my Nate Diaz fight, I landed that a lot. That was one of my favorite combinations. And then feed that into, into the uh, the head kick. But this is, this is a great job. Ooh, nice job by Silvera. Ooh. Silvera doing a good job. Oh, switch. He's going to keep throwing that. Throw that straight left. Come over the top of the right hook. Got Impa closing the distance, slowly stalking after him. I like that. I like that positioning, though. That's good positioning right there for Impa. Oh, nice takedown, though. Waited for the, the overreach on the straight right by Impa. And Silvera with the takedown. Deep on the single leg. He's got to get his butt high. Guy who has the highest hips normally wins these wrestling exchanges. There you go. Up, up to the back. Oh, right to the rear naked. Oh, he just missed it. He didn't get the hooks. Oh, Impa on top, though. This is kind of where Cervera wants to be, though. Impa's, Impa's good on the ground. He's not great on the ground, though. So, you've got some fighters here going that is kind of a shit show, only one fight per hour. Look, guys, it's going to take some time. They're, the, the pace of the fights, they're going to have to work on, I think, a little bit, um, you know, and getting them in there. But I think, I think it, when you're scheduling these guys, when you're scheduling these fighters, and you got to give them time to warm up. There's a lot of things that go behind the scenes that sometimes a fight ends quickly. That fighter's not fully warmed up in the back. You got to give them 10 minutes to get warmed up. You don't want them to come out there and get hurt and then you don't get a fight at all. So there's a lot of things that go on in the back that you that a lot of people in the front don't see. The TV people at home don't see. You've got to give these fighters the right amount of time to get warmed up. Make sure their hands are wrapped properly. Make the commission has steps that they have to go through. Making sure that the red gloves and the blue gloves are taped properly. Making sure that they have their head, their, their headgear, their mouthpieces and their cups in. All of those things. So they're doing a good job on the feed. I'm actually, I'm pretty damn surprised. 
Like in terms of with Impa, Impa's way for me to I feel like to win this fight is on the feet. And Silvera doing well on the feet. Do I have the YouTube? No, I have it on my phone. I'm multitasking here, bro. I got it all, dude. I got it all. I'm crushing it right now for all of you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's for me, it's trying to multitask is the hardest thing. All right, what else you got? No, no, they, they already showed Johnny Eblen was there. Patricio okay. was there. Patricio already did the face-off with the 145-pound winner, which was oh, uh, Pinedo. So Pinedo won no. earlier. He won the tournament. He was the last uh, prelim fight. Not prelim fight. I shouldn't say that. He was the last fight on the card right before the main card started. Yeah, we lost, they lost the Bubba Jenkins and Chris Wade fight. Uh, Chris mm -hmm. Wade didn't make weight. He missed weight by 2.4, I think it was. And so Bubba said no. He, he turned the fight down which is crazy to get to the finals and not fight, but it is what it is. Um, what like else you got? Don Davis came up with that cool idea to have them facing off because it was totally his idea, right? <laughs> I think it was a good idea, though. Whoever came up with the idea, I think it was a good idea that they um, that you bring the champions out. I think it was a good idea to have the champions there able to face off with the winners. Uh, I don't know. Makes if sense. Yeah, but I don't know if I don't know if Nemkov is there. I haven't seen him yet. Uh, for him to come from Russia, it would be pretty hard. Yeah, for him to get here, short especially notice. especially on short notice. I mean, they, they made this decision, I believe, on like Tuesday or Wednesday to fly them out. So probably on Tuesday. And I know they don't ce celebrate Thanksgiving in Russia, but you still still to get a visa and to come over here is I would, would imagine it's impossible. Uh, Joel Bellamy asks thoughts on Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira. Uh, Jamal Hill versus Pereira. You know, I got to be honest, man. As we talk about styles make matches, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards uh, Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill, as Dave likes to call him. But I'm going to lean more towards Jamal Hill based on the speed. Look, I know that Pereira can knock anybody out with the with his shots. There's no doubt about that. But can he get, can, can Jamal Hill get to his chin before Alice gets to his. And I think I think Jamal can get there, get in and get out and land his shots. Um, because he's the he's the faster fighter. And um, and I think also too, just the athleticism of Jamal Hill. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Hill threatened a couple takedowns. Not that he would look to work and, and make enforce it, but for him to threaten it enough to um to make Alex's hands hesitant, just a split second, and that's all Jamal Hill is going to need to land the clean shot. We know that Jamal Hill's got power, and we know he's got speed. So those two things together, the faster fighter normally wins when it comes to this. Ooh, nice straight left by Silvera, and comes back with a straight right by Impa. This is a back and forth battle in the second round. I gave uh, I gave Impa probably the first round it was close either way, back and forth. Right now, though, Silvera's doing a good job. Sorry, guys, I've been chatting a lot too, so I'm not fully, fully. Nice shot right there. Nice shot. Does Anthony Smith check a leg kick against Roundtree? He's going to have to. He's going to need to. Yeah, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't start trying to figure out a way to check those calf kicks and those leg kicks, I think it's going to be a short night for him. 
especially knowing that you you're you know he's he's only what two weeks away a week and a half away from fighting Ooh, nice oh not what you wanted to be if you're impa trying to throw the high knee end up on his back this is where Severa wants to do his work three minutes left in the second round it's a five round fight let's not forget this is a this is a title fight to see who wins they can do elbows in this fight though you guys that don't know in the title fights yeah though in the title fights they can do elbows they just can't do them during the regular season um fights the three round fights but in the title fights they can because now they have enough time to actually heal so you're allowed to elbow from here but it is a very nice escape pressed off on the on the neck kind of on the chest and the neck and then able to hip escape and get back to his feet that's just like brute strength man phil baroni used to do that shit to me he's so strong he would just like straight arm me and just like keep me off of him husky <laughs> son of a gun mm -mm. I see a lot of people criticizing the uh, Alice Bahara fights, you know, but he gets destroyed as soon as he fights a good wrestler. But let's be honest, at 205, outside of Curtis Blades, who were the good wrestlers? Oh, wait. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, there's, I mean, there's not a lot of, not, no, sorry, Curtis Blades is not even in, in the 205-pound division. So he's a heavyweight. I mean, I'm trying to think, can you pull up the 205-pound division for the UFC? Let's see who who's a good wrestler in that division. They've got a couple good guys in there, I believe. Uh, uh, uh. Uncle Live, well, but will Uncle Live wrestle? That's the question. He's good on the feet. He 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 does he does have great wrestling. He just chooses not to use it. Uh, Rakic, how well will he Rakic or Rakic? How well will he come back after his uh, injury? We're gonna find out. Who else? I don't know. I think that's pretty much it. Those are the guys that I can see. We're going to see. Ooh, Impa putting some pressure right now. This is round two. Nice little head kick step off. Ooh, nice uppercut. Short little close inside uppercut. Silvera looks tired. When, when you're fighting five-round fights, these guys are fighting this fight like as if it's a three-round fight. This is a five-round fight. They're putting some good pace on this. Nicely done. I'd like to see Silvera snatch the single leg. Instead of trying to dip his head in and grab on a double, try, he's trying to put his head across the body to grab a double leg or get to the body lock. Just grab the single and pull it towards you. That'll make a difference on the that back foot having balance. And that canvas, you can see, even when Derek Brunson was fighting earlier, it seems like it's slippery. So anytime you grab that foot and pull, the footing is is not is not is not uh that great. Good second round though. Good back and forth battle. I'm looking forward to seeing what's in the third round. Yeah, it's, there you go. Someone said Uncle Live in the wrestling. I agree. I agree. Uncle Live's got bomb wrestling. He just doesn't use it. He doesn't utilize it as much as he could. So I don't know, man. Like when you when you have that, like you have that weapon, like it's kind of sitting in your back pocket. He chooses not to use it. What else you got for me there, Dave? I'm just reading through right now just to see if anyone has any. Let's go with lazy beds question here. Hypothetical one, so we can have some fun with it. It's an mm -hmm. MMA Black Friday sale. The UFC is willing to sell the contract of any fighter on the roster to PFL. If you're in charge of the PFL, what one UFC fighter do you bring over? 
Ooh. Ah, uh, do I want to bring him over to? I mean, look, I look at certain guys. Uh, right now, I think it would be Sean O'Malley because I think right now everyone believes that the the two best guys in the world right now is going to be Sean O'Malley and Patchy Mix. Um, and you know, and I know Marab's in there. I know Aljo's in there. I know Henry's in there. Those guys, like I said earlier, any one of those guys could beat each other on any given day. So when I'm having this discussion with you guys, it's based off of who do I think would be the biggest fight right now for the PFL, and you know, and for the fighters and the and with the merger with the. Uh, with Bellator, it would be Sean O'Malley to take one of their biggest stars, bring him over to, to here, and have him fight who many are saying is the best bantamweight in the world in Patchy Mix. I think that would probably be the guy. And if I was to go the other way around, I would say maybe even Izzy. Izzy, uh, I would love to see Sean Strickland and Johnny Eblen fight. And I've heard how the sparring goes. I've heard the sparring is really, really intense and really good. Uh, but I would rather see probably maybe the Izzy fight Izzy versus Johnny Eblen would be good, but I mean, I would see, I would like to see Sean and, uh, and Johnny Eblen as well. Ooh, nice takedown. It's not in. Turn off the fence. Heads low. Got to switch to the single and pull him away as fast as he can. Joe Bellmay, do you think Bo Nickel will become a champion at 185? You know, I think Bo Nickel will definitely be a contender. Uh, I haven't seen quite enough yet against top-level competition um, if he's going to be a champion. I know he's he's got, seems like he's got power in his hands. We saw that, I believe, in his last fight. He obviously has the wrestling. Um, does he have the submission savviness to avoid being submitted by top-level 185-pound submission guys? I don't think there's a lot of good submission guys in the 185-pound division. So if you pull that division up, you've got who? You've got Marvin Vittori. You've got Cannoneer. You've got... Um, well, she got you got Robert Whitaker, you got uh Driscus, you've got Israel. Um, you know, you know who I would like to see him fight, just my personal opinion, is I would like to see him fight somebody of say Paulo Costa or Roman Delizzi level right now. If because he, he's talking a lot now, if his pay doesn't match that right now, then I'm okay with him waiting because you don't want to. I don't want him to lose not making a lot of money. I want him to lose if he is going to lose, at least where he's in a better better contract. And so I look at him and I go, hey, fight all the easy fights that you can, the ones that get you ready for that next level of competition. But once you sign that next contract, like how Sean O'Malley did, and the level of competition jumped drastically right from there. And Sean performed, was able to get the win um, against Peter Yon, and the rest is history. Where I look at Bo Nickel, he's got to be in that same thing. When he finally gets past that beginning phase contract, I'd like to see him jump right away to someone like a Paula Costa, someone like a Jared, Jared Cannonier, or Robert Whitaker, someone someone along those lines, you know, a Roman Delizzi. I'd like to see that type of fight right off the bat. I mean, I got to be honest, the fight to make for me per personally would be the Chamaya versus uh, Bo Nickel. Who doesn't want to see that? Tell me. Who doesn't want to see that fight? Silvera slowing down quite a bit, shooting desperation doubles, getting flattened out a little bit. He's got to keep pushing, though. He's got to keep putting the pace. He's, his thing right now is that he's just not in shape. Like, he's in shape, but just the pace that uh, Impa is able to put on him, sagging him. Ooh, threatening the choke. Ooh, 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 he's got the hook. Ooh, ooh, that's deep. That's deep. Oh, he just let it go. Silvera was very nice on that. Oh, Impa. Oh, 
Impa's looking to attack again around the rear naked. He's got that. Looks like he's got the leg in. Sitting heavy on that right side. Kind of sagging on him a little bit. Making Silvera carry the weight. Silvera's already slowing down. Great job by Impa. That's this is what we call about. This is what we talk about fight IQ. Dave, do you understand this? I know Dave has a hard time using anything with IQ. But fight IQ, Dave, is, is when someone is utilizing his tools to slow his other opponent down or just fighting at, in a way that it's really kind of making your, your opponent second guess everything, everything inside the cage. He's doing a great job, man. Sagging him. Looks like he's trying to hit a little side choke there, but he couldn't get it. Um, you're taking heat for the for calling Drickus Driscus all the time. Okay, so is it is it is Drickus? Yeah, read it right there. Sorry. Okay, I can't see it. Where is it? Drickus. Okay, go ahead. Let me see it. Let me see it. Where is it? Drickus Duplessis. He said Driscus. Drickus. <laughs> okay, so it's what? Where is it at? There's no S in the middle right here. See it? Number two. Oh, okay. Number two. So it's Drickus. 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 All right, Drickus. I guess, I, even if you say Drickus, I guess it's better than Driscus. I guess, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I see uh, Joey Duncan. Chemaev doesn't doesn't want that fight with Bo Nickel. You might be right, man. <laughs> you, you might be right. You know, because we've seen the Chemaev. He slows down quite a bit after round one into round two, especially if you make him wrestle. And, and I think Bo, I think that's exactly what Bo would do. He would, Bo Nickel would make him wrestle. And just try to break him by the by the second by the first and second round, the end of the first and then into the second round. Nice job by Impa Man, pushing the head down, defending that takedown, pushing the head down between his legs, getting a wide stance against the fence. People don't understand how difficult it is to do that and then control. And then that was nice little chop of the elbow, sat him down right to the rear naked choke. He should have went right to the hook and then rolled him to the other side, but he didn't do it. Right there, you've got to get a better position on that, but. At least he was able to follow to the top position. That was nice. Watchman in the wall. What is Josh's current walk around weight? You don't need to know that. Fat. <laughs> oh man, I would say I'm probably pushing about 180. Probably about 180. Yeah. Am, am I smaller than you? And I've got like I've got like 10 inches on you. 10 inches, really? Yeah. Well, I, you know what it is. You're smaller than me. Like your weight. Like your yeah, I'm like I'm like one I'm like one seventy eight. That's because you have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's great. Oh, what the these heck? guys? Um, <laughs> how, how how Dave and I talk to each other off air. <laughs> oh, you better you better never run for president. Or you're gonna be no, in big trouble. I know, I'll be in trouble. I don't think we have to worry about that. Everyone here, Bo, Bo smashes uh, Chamaya. Bo is a high-level grappler. Look, I agree. Bo probably is a very high-level grappler. I can I can see that from him, some of his positionings. But all of that being said, when you get inside that cage, it's different. And I, I like when you're out on a jiu-jitsu mat and you're out training or you're out competing in, in jiu-jitsu, the, the lights are on, there's some excitement. Like I get all that, but it's not the same as getting punched in the face and having to utilize your jiu-jitsu. It's just different. Mm -mm -mm. Are you uh was Danny Tapatellas towering over you? Did, let me see. What are you talking about? I'm reading the comment that says Danny uh, Sabatello towered over Josh. 
No. So now, I, now I gotta see he, it from myself. He, it's the camera angle. He's in front of me. That camera gives him that's true. It gives you an extra couple inches. That's what she said. Mm. Let's see. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what she tells you. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. What do you got? All right, right here somewhere. Right here. It's not oh, tall. he's taller. Look at oh, that. Oh, geez, he is Look not taller that. than me. Danny Sabatello is not taller than me. Oh, no way. He's way taller. <laughs> go back, go back to Big John. Go back to Big John. Look at who who's next. Look at that. Big John's AJ, massive AJ, there. AJ McKee is slightly shorter than Big John. Get out of here with that nonsense. AJ is a tall dude. He is tall. He's 5'11. You know, John's not as tall as he looks on camera. Mm. John's a big guy, man. John's what, 6'4, 6'3? Big guy, big guy. I mean, he's probably shrunk a little bit in the uh, in the old age. I love he's look at that. You guys see that picture right there? Yeah. Damn, you're smaller than all these guys. Bro, what are you talking <laughs> about? In the back. Jeez. Silvera is round four. So we're gonna do that work, man. Where you got it right now? I mean, I got Impa. I round one was close, and then I had gave round two, three uh, to uh, Impa. Impa's doing a great job stuffing all the takedowns. Silvera just coming up short. Can't he's not able to close the distance. Impa's looking sharp right now with his stand up. See, just like that, Silvera's slowing down enough to where Impa's still clean and crisp with the feet, with his boxing, a little bit of the inside kick, outside kick. You know, doing a great job. And that's the other thing. When you start to get tired, you start thinking you're going to throw something and you don't throw it. And you just saw that right there with Silvera. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to try to put something underneath this thing here so I can elevate it a little bit for you guys. Uh, all right, what else you got? Yeah, I just look at Silvera. Silvera's not able to close that distance. He can't get within grappling range. Can't get within uh, range to clinch. Try to get this fight to the ground. I think Impa's got the he's got the power. He's still clean and crisp with his uh takedown defense and the striking. So he's doing a great job. I mean, I gotta be honest. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Johnny Eblen go to 205 and fight the winner of this. I look does at he does he like he's not a big 80, he's not yeah. a big 85 pounder, you know. Wait, but he's not a big 85 or he's too big for 85? No, he's not a big 85 pounder. He's about he's about average on the 85 pound weight class. He's so how would he go? How would he go? Up? I'm just saying that I think he's got the he's got the ability to to his level of wrestling, his level of mixing up the combinations. I think makes a stylistically a good fight for him. Both these guys, because Silvera wouldn't, but Silvera would struggle to get him down. Not saying he couldn't, but I'm saying he'd struggle to get him down. And Impa on the feet would maybe give him a little bit of some fits, but then I think Johnny's wrestling would be able to get him down. Kevin from Chicago asks, is Sean Strickland a draw? Absolutely. How is he not? Like, yeah. absolutely. I think the way he talks, the way, uh, you know, look, I'm not saying I agree with things that come out of his mouth, but it gets people to tune in. It gets people to, he has that Floyd Mayweather effect. It makes people want to think, it makes people want to see him lose or it makes people want to see him win depending on what side of the fence you're on. And so um, with Sean, I don't even know if, if he, if he believes a lot of what he's, what he's saying, I know it's not a stick that apparently this is kind of, he's just a wild guy and you know, he enjoys, uh, 
he, he just he just enjoys being him and that's if that's the way he is that's cool that's great look i enjoy watching him fight he's got a style that i think a lot of people can enjoy watching it's that little peekaboo kind of like um what they call it the 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 philly shell uh style i like that man i like he's one of the first guys not one of the first guys he's one of the only guys to really make it effective you know bobby green does it really well um you know he does it really well there's another fighter i can't remember off the top of my head that does it really well also but i look at this and i think man he's got he's got it he's got something that that makes it complicated for others uh to try and train for and replicate and um johnny eblin even said he's like look when i go and train with him and spar with him he's like man he's so hard to deal with he's hard to deal with because he's like it's just something you can't you can't really there's no one else you can train with that helps you prepare for that and uh he's so relaxed he spars so many rounds um he doesn't really get hit as much he understands the distance and the range you know if you can't get him down you're going to be stuck in his world and that and that makes for fun fights you know i mean all the fans talk about oh it's so boring these guys lay and pray in this wrestling well he's the opposite he's the complete opposite of what people complain about um and uh, it's fun to watch it's fun to watch him fight i enjoy it i thought he put on a master class against izzy i mean he made it look easy just dominant dominant performance great job by him and guys, we in between fights, we'll get to some of these announcements. Bobby Green got mm -hmm. a replacement, uh, Anthony Smith stepping in, um, mm -hmm. and they announced Anaheim. We'll we'll get to these things in between fights, just so that um, we can fill that space, and Josh can cover the fights for you guys. Um, somebody had a good question here. Um, let me ask. Let me ask the fans a question. Let me ask all you guys that are listening. How do you guys score this fight so far? This uh, Impa and Silvera fight. Right now, I've got it. I think I probably gave uh round one to silvera i think is if i'm thinking correctly rounds two three four so far go to impa i've got impa kind of running away with it so if you guys tell put, put down below uh what you got who do you who do you guys think are winning who when what's the score and by the way i'm just hearing kayla's comments right now she said she basically said uh, i heard pfl bought bellator and there's somebody in bellator who thinks she's a bad b or something <laughs> yeah. like that. uh let's find out who the baddest is ah so she called it cyborg yeah that's good it's good i mean that's that's what we want to see right but look i think what you're going to see first though is you're going to see um chris cyborg fight uh larissa pacheco larissa pacheco if she does win tonight she should fight her first i mean that realistically i think should be should should happen first i mean if you're looking to have champions versus champions you can't have kayla harrison and and uh and chris cyborg fight first but We'll see what happens. We'll see how they decide to do it. Because if I, if you're looking at these fights, right, you're going to have the 145-pound champ Patricio hopefully fight sometime in the at the end of February or March is when they're looking to have that fight happen in the champions versus champion. So there is coming on right now. I mean, he's going to – Impa looks like he's getting a little bit tired now off that back foot. And Silvera looks like he's finally caught his second win. And he's letting it go. It might be a little bit, a little too, a little, uh, not enough, too late, whatever that saying too is. Too little, too late. Too little, too late. <laughs> Thanks for the save. Uh, yeah, Silvera landed some clean shots right now. Gonna have to get him out of there. This is sometimes a problem when you're running away with a fight and you feel like you're doing well. Oh, big, big right hand, though, by Impa. Nice job. Oh, in the clinch.
Oh, I'd have him rather. I'd rather have him fight against Connor just because I know that's how much of a bigger payday. You know, I mean that that's uh, as we go on with the red panty night, you get, that's retirement money. You know, the fight against Connor's retirement money. I think what happens is if Connor if Connor fights against Chandler and if he does get a win, I could see Connor jump leapfrogging everyone and fighting the winner of Charles or Justin uh, against uh, Islam. And so he, I can see that happening. Severa's got a minute 36, 36, 35 to get this win. He's got it. He's got to get a finish, though. At least that's the way I have it scored. How do you guys have it scored? You have it 4-0. Somebody else has it 4-0 also. I thought the first round was close. What is a do? Oh, oh, I was like, what is a durag? A durag? No, I'm not wearing a durag. Come on, come on, come on, man. All right, I'm just gonna take. I'm gonna take the hat off. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go free willy for you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Sensei John Cress, Josh, who was the best fighter in the gym you trained with that couldn't perform under the lights? Uh Tomas Dion's. Tomas Dion's man, that guy was so good. He could power double you, power double Luke Rockhold, take him down. Same thing, like uh, Andre Fialos. He was very good. He has good wrestling, just doesn't utilize it when he fights. But I would say Tomas, Tomas Dion's really good. Uh, Savat champion from France, speed, kickboxing, all of those things. And I, we've had this conversation with him. I trained with him. I used to train him at Kung Lee's, and then I trained him when he came over to AK. He left Kung Lee's and came over to AK with me. Um, when I, when I left Kung's and you know, I was never really at Kung's, I was just coaching there. Um, and, uh, he wanted to come and train over at AK and I told him, yeah, he was more than welcome to come. So I battled a little bit for him, uh, for him to come over to, to AK can't never left. He's now basically like the kickboxing coach there for the, uh, for the fight team. He's, he's a fantastic person. Got a ton of knowledge. He catches kicks, you know, where he's got the foot, one hand over one hand under he he basically takes you down from there. He elevates your foot from there. He does so much stuff. Nice little dance there, buddy boy. Impa with the little hip thrust. Give me the... That's how Podcast Dave dances. <laughs> um, yeah, he it would be it would be him. Um, we've had some other guys. I got to be honest. Uh, we've had other fighters that have come in with, with world-class accolades. Uh, there was a good friend of mine that I was friends with and still, you know, haven't talked to him since... He left AKA was a guy named Eric Deuce. Eric Deuce was a phenomenal wrestler. And, um, and he, and he had one fight and he just, he wasn't the same fighter. He was a beast inside the cage and inside the, or inside the gym. But when he got inside the ring and he fought an ultimate athlete, he fought, um, Mike Guyman, who was a, was, they called him the Joker. Just didn't have it, man. Took a shot. And after he got hit, just basically gave up and the fight was over. It was over quick. Um, a couple other guys, you know, I'm going to not mention their names and stuff, but a couple other guys as well. So we've had fighters that have come through with all the talent in the world, just, and they were beasts inside, inside the, the gym, just, they didn't have it when the lights turned on. So, but we're going to find out how this fight actually went. So everyone was saying four Oh, I mean, how'd you score the fifth round? You guys give it to, um, Impa as well. We're going to find out. Dave, can you hear it when they talk? Uh, do you want me? I can, I can probably turn my speaker on here if you want. I just don't know. I don't, probably, I don't think. I don't know if we're allowed to, are we? Probably not. It's pay per view. Yeah, I don't want to get shut down. Yeah. If like, seconds of it, I think it, they would end up probably trying to shut it down. Uh, do you have closed caption on? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't have closed caption as an option because you know. Got it. Got it. Wait. Yeah. Maybe I do. Let me see. Oh, 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 maybe I do. Oh, I love when he talks in his Scottish accent. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> mess with that. I'm already okay. uh... <laughs> all right. What else you got for us? Um NKS four three two. Why does Aljo have to fight every four months, but John gets to keep his belt over a year while inactive? I don't know if those two things go together, but yeah, I don't think that they go together either. But then also too, why does Aljo have to fight every four months? Well, Aljo doesn't need to. Um, Aljo needs to um, like Aljo for for Aljo. He just needs to stay busy and make as much money as he possibly can, which I believe he did. Um, but I look at with John. You've got to look at. Aljo was just currently the champ. John Jones has been the champ for how long? I mean, it's 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 unprecedented what he's done. And the guys like him get a little bit of leeway. Not a little bit. They get a lot of leeway. Now, I know he's got a, a murky background, you know, uh, in terms of outside the cage. But inside the cage, he's always performed. And you can't knock him. And so I think the promotion understands that. And, and uh, you know, that's that's the way this is the way it goes, man. There's nothing you can do about it. He has paid his dues inside that cage. Outside of the cage, you just say and do whatever you want about him. But inside the cage, he's paid his dues. And so when it comes down to he tore his bicep or hurt himself, and then now he's gonna have to wait to come back. That's what's gonna happen. You have to wait to come back. Gino, uh, obviously you are a Bellator guy, but which PFL champion can beat a Bellator champ? Ooh, uh, you know, I don't know right now. I, I honestly, I don't know. And, and so I'm not taking a dig at the fighters at the P I'm not, I'm definitely not doing that. I I've always, I think Sadabusi is probably the one that maybe has a chance, but that is only based off of what I've seen just right now. And I think Jason Jackson beats Sadabusi, but I think both of them make for a great fight. It's going to be a great fight. But I looked at guys, I look at guys like Logan Storley, who is the kryptonite, who's not even the champion. He's the kryptonite to someone like Sadabusi. Okay. The wrestling, the ability to get takedowns, uh, his griminess, all that stuff. Logan Storley could be that guy. I also look at um Amasov. Amasov, people want to say he had a bad night. No, I don't think he had a bad night against Jason Jackson. Jason Jackson just made him look like he was out of sort that night. He couldn't get anything going. But Sadabusi and Jason Jackson. They don't fight. They even though they're both stand-up guys, they don't fight the same. And um, and so I think that there's more opportunities for somebody like um for Amasov to get Sadabusi down. But um, look what you're what we're gonna see right now is we're gonna we're gonna see it. We're gonna see this is two hundred five. You know, I don't. Know, I think. I, go ahead. No, I was gonna say crazy thing. This guy just came over at PFL and freaking. You'd, you'd look at him in UFC and you'd think like, all right, middle of the pack, but now here he is, world champ and million dollars richer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look a lot. A lot of the look a lot of the guys that left the UFC, you know, Jeremy Stevens, Anthony Pettis, Roy McDonald, they all left. They tried to get this paycheck because they thought it was going to be easier, and it's proven. We've said it this time and time again that there's good fighters in every organization. And styles make matchups. There's just no way around it. You can't, I can't change how, how one fighter prepares for a fight versus the other, you know, and it's just the one that when they get inside the cage, the matchups, the matchups make a difference. And, um, 
you know, but I, I look at this right now. This is at what weight class? This is at 205. Yeah, 205. I mean, I look at him and then I look at Nemkov. And I look at him, I look at Corey Anderson. And nothing against Impa. I thought he looked great tonight. I thought that was a dominant performance. I I just I can't see him beating either one of those guys. And that's not a dig at him. Um, you know, he's got power in his hands, he's got kicking abilities. He showed tonight that he can wrestle and, and take down defense. <clears throat> um but the, I mean, like Nemkov is Nemkov is he's talking about going to heavyweight because he's tired of making the weight. So that that's that's if you look at if I look at Impa and I look at and I look at um, Nemkov, the size difference will just be it'll be huge. I mean, Joaquin Buckley is not a big he's not a big uh, 85 pounder, you know, and when I saw Joaquin Buckley and him inside the cage together, they're not much different in size. He's a little bit thicker, I think, around the legs, you know, probably more dense muscle and bone maybe because he may be a little bit taller than Joaquin Buckley, but he's he's not a he's not a big he's not a big two hundred five pounder, uh, Impa. And so, but I work where I look at Corey Anderson's a big two hundred five pounder. Nemkov is a big two hundred five pounder. Um, those guys are enormous, man. Phil Davis is not a small two hundred five pounder. He's decent size. Julius and Glitzkis. Not a small 205 pounder. Uh, I know there's some guys that I'm missing that are in there uh, for the Bellator uh, that came over with the Bellator. So um, I'm looking forward to it, man. We will see. We will see how it all pans out. We will see how it all pans out. It's it's makes for fun, man. This is this is great conversation right now on what's going to be next for these guys, how they do it. I just I'm looking at the champs right now in Bellator and the champs over in uh, in the PFL, the ones that are winning tonight, the ones that are going to face each other, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit of an uphill battle for the PFL guys. But hey, it's a fight. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. I look at what Impa brings. He brings speed. He brings. He's got power in his hands. The mixture of the kicks. He he showed tonight. He's got takedown defense. Uh, he doesn't settle. Uh, when he gets taken down, he doesn't sell. He tries to get back up to his feet. So that'll that'll be a that'll be key when he fights when he fights somebody, you know, like Nemkov or whether he fights Nemkov or if if there is uh, somebody else that's there. We're gonna find out. Because uh, I I see. saw Nemkov at the last. I saw Nemkov. I don't know if I saw him. At, was it? I think it was at three hundred. I saw him. He is not making 205 anytime soon. I can tell you that. <laughs> he is not making 205 anytime soon. That guy is big. And guys, I am a little behind in the questions. You know, mm -hmm. Josh likes to ramble on. Yes, so I, I am do. Gonna, um, but Gino asks, obviously you're a Bellator guy, but which PFL champion can beat a Bellator champ? We, I, we've already asked. We just asked that one. Oh, did we, did we just ask that yeah. one? Good job, um, buddy. You just right. asked me that question. I'm writing timestamps. I'm managing my, <laughs> my laptop over here. I was posting on X that we're live right now. Look, 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 uh, look, look at this. This is 205. That's Impa on the left. That's Jason Jackson. That is the 170-pound champ for Bellator. Like 205 this. on the left, 170 on the right. That's that, that's what I'm getting at right here. Like now he is small compared to to um to Nemkov, he's small compared to Corey Anderson. Not super small, Jason Jackson, but he Nem, those guys are bigger than Jason Jackson. And Impa is smaller than Jason Jackson, who's our 175-pound champ, our 170-pound champ. This is the fight I'm really excited about. Sadabusi and Magomed, Magomed Karamov. Magomed Karamov is 
Great wrestler. I believe they fought before. Karamov was able to out-wrestle him, take him down. See, Sadabusi has been able to kind of remedy the, the wrestling issues. He's been able to kind of uh, work, get better at the takedown defense, especially against the cage. Utilizing his tall length and getting the wider stance, all of those things. And look, I believe he's from Sweden. I believe Sadabusi is. Um, there's there's a big there's a big branch of now. Top, there's a bunch of good fighters coming out of Sweden right now, and I know that Bellator was supposed to go to Sweden several times, and we just couldn't for some. I know COVID got in the way one time, and we were supposed to go right after COVID ended, and we never went. But I got to be honest, man. There is a lot of new young talent that's coming out of there, especially talent that can rat, not wrestle but uh, jujitsu that have good jujitsu that are coming out of there. Is it Gus, so, Gustafson? Is that where? Yeah, Gus is, Gus, Gus is out there, but then there's also like a group. Uh, uh, Latifi is out there, uh, or was out there. I mean, he's from that area. But I mean, I look at Sadabusi. He's got good stand up, right? Gus has good stand up, but the wrestling and the jujitsu has gotten a lot better out there in, in Sweden. And so I'm looking to see how those guys, when they start kind of coming over, because I know there was a lot of talk and I know that they had had the kind of had the deal done. Bellator did with doing uh, a show over there. And then I believe COVID hit in March. We were actually planning to go that same year in 2020 to Sweden. And it never happened uh, because of the COVID and then coming out and what was, what was, what we were able to do. There was a lot of that talk, but I was really looking forward to going to Sweden. It's like one of my bucket lists too, like, countries i want to go to switzerland and sweden are like my two bucket list places but this should be a good fight this should be a really good fight all right dave tell me talk to me how you how, i want to hear you i want to give me some responses guys what are you guys thinking so far i know there's no big john big john and i'll be talking back and forth i think dave's doing a good job kind of filling in a little bit he is um you know? so we're two face deep uh you know of oh, sorry but brunson's fight as well actually i mean two face deep on live three face mm -hmm. deep all together what, what what's your thought on kind of how the night's rolling out? I mean, it does. We've got three unanimous unanimous decisions now. Um, you know, what's your kind of feeling about the the excitement around this card right after um right after the purchase? Are we are we living up to the the hype? Well, I think what you're seeing is the fighters that are fighting. Uh, these fighter, whoever wins this fight, I think a lot of people are tuning in to see how they fight tonight. To see how well they match up against the fighters who fought last week and then a couple weeks back at 300 and 301. And so they're wanting to know how those fighters matched up. How, how, when they're seeing these guys in the PFL, how do they match up with the fighters who just fought? I mean, Usman's going to be out for a little bit. So the lightweight uh, title fight is not going to happen. Uh, Chris Wade and Bubba, they are not fighting uh, tonight. And so I don't know how they're going to plan, how they plan on doing that whole thing. Will they carry on with the lightweight world grand prix, which the finals are up next, who is going to be in the finals of the, of the lightweight world grand prix, uh, Usman being suspended for a while. And do you bring Brent premise in, or do you bring in AJ McKee, you know, uh, someone who is the guarantee who was guaranteed being to be the alternate. A lot of questions to be answered still, um, but the PFL will have to answer. And I think here shortly, but this, this is a good fight. Who do you think from Bellator is going to be um, like eager to get into that tournament next year with PFL? You know, because they're doing the, the one-off fights. There'll be one-off fights, and there's going to be the, the league. Mm -hmm. Who from Bellator are you kind of looking at in that 55 and being like, they're they're for sure going to want to get in on that on that season? Well, look, a lot of these guys um, are making good money right now as it is. I know um, 
I know AJ just had re-signed as of recently and has a really a really uh, good contract. Um, probably guys that will look to get into this tournament for the opportunity to make a million dollars every time that they fight it will probably sell like the younger fighters. Usman, I think could see him doing it a couple of times if he has success. Uh, but his his kryptonite might be that he came at the wrong time. It might be that he came at the wrong time as that Shabli came. Shabli could be thinking the same thing. I maybe came at the wrong time that Usman came. The two of them together, they're nasty. And then you got Tofik Mosayev too. He's in the mix. You have really good lightweights that are really good on the feet. And I've trained with um, with Alexander Shabli, and I know how good Usman Nurmagomedov is. And so I know that they're both good on the wrestling department. I know that they're both good on the feet, you know, and I look at how well that they can perform. And you've got other guys. You got uh, Islam Mamadov. He's also there, who is a really good wrestler. Got a good top position. Uh, you've got look. Let's not count. Let's not count Sydney Outlaw out. This guy can, you know, his last name is Outlaw, and he's an outlaw. He's someone that just kind of does things at the beat of his own drum, kind of thing. But he can fight. You know, he's got good jujitsu. I mean, he didn't. He came up short against AJ McKee, but he was able to control AJ. But AJ was able to land more shots from the bottom, and AJ ended up winning the fight because of that. Because he did more damage in that fight uh, from the bottom. So. This is going to be a good fight right here. You got Magomed Karamov versus Sadabusi. How much can Sadabusi stop the takedowns? That's what we're really kind of getting into right here. Will he will he be really timid on the feet? Will he let his kicks and his punches go? Um, I'm just trying to all, pull for you guys. What's that? Are you trying to pull? I'm just trying to pull for the, everybody just to kind of get oh. your votes in. Who do you think is going to win this one? Josh, you want to make a pick? Ooh. Give, these, give these guys a little bit of a uh, reason to vote. Yeah, I mean, I look at it a couple different ways, but I'm going to, I think Sadabusi with the confidence that he has is, is going to be key. I just think that Magomed Karamov's wrestling is going to be too much. I would I would like to see Sadabusi win. The reason why is because I think him and Jason Jackson would be a fantastic fight. Two guys on the feet, Jason Jackson can wrestle. Both have similar kind of similar body styles. I'd like to see when if the two of them face off in the center of the cage. I'd like to see. Um, wow. I'd like to see to see who she is. <laughs> I'd like to. See, I'd like to see uh, Sadabu and Jason Jackson. See what the height difference is. See kind of how they match up. This poll is close right now. Oh, is it? It's it's a it's a very close split right now. I'm very mm. curious to see where this lands. See, yeah, I'll I'll run it till the fight starts. Josh, you're a little ahead of me on the live stream, so you just need okay. to tell me when the when the bell goes off, and I'll end the okay. poll and see where we're okay. at. <clears throat> um so then my other question was Kayla Harrison fought at 150 tonight um against Aspen Ladd has to get down another five pounds to compete yeah. against Cyborg. Um what does that extra five pounds do? Does it do anything? And and how does Kayla's mm. performance tonight, in your opinion, um like look against Cyborg's last performance? I don't uh, I don't think it does anything to her performance because I know that she like she was more concerned about having to lose that weight every single time in a tournament. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> she was more concerned about that. I don't think she now that she doesn't have to do that. She can just cut to 145 the one time and then get her body a full time to recover um, before she's out before she ever has to fight again. She that weight cut getting down to 45 is just is drastic so i think she can get to 45 have a good performance against her and um who knows she may perform extremely well i i think she's gonna 
it's got it's not going to be easy to close that distance against Chris Cyborg to get within that range to lock her up. It's not going to be easy. The one place that Chris lacks though is the wrestling and the submissions. I mean, you got to think. Chris has been fighting for a long time. She has one submission on her record where she subbed somebody, and that was Arlene Blanco, and that wasn't until until she got to Bellator. And so outside of that, it's been all about it's been all about the uh, her stand up, her ability to stuff takedowns, do damage on top, just overwhelm her opponents. And um, and Kayla not having as much experience in that department, will she get overwhelmed? We're gonna find out. I look at Larissa Pacheco. That fight with me with Larissa Pacheco, that fight is she, like Larissa is not someone to take a step back. I look at her almost like another Amanda Nunes. Like someone who will take a shot to give a shot. And you know that Larissa's not going to try to probably try to take Chris Cyborg down. And Chris Cyborg is not going to probably try to take Larissa down. You would think that those two fighters are going to have to be face to face and fight first before Kayla and Chris fight. I think that's the way that they're going to, they're going to put, if you're going to have champ versus champ, you can't leave those two fighters out there. But Larissa's got to get the win tonight. She's fighting uh, Marina Mohaknatina. Mohaknatina. Um, it looks like this is ready to start, so just keep me yep. posted. But um, quickly, if you can, uh, Impa versus Nemkov, kind of based on Impa's performance tonight. Uh, kind of, how do you match that one up? Is is? I mean, you guys saw right there. I put Jason Jackson next to Impa, and Jason Jackson towers over Impa, and Nemkov is bigger than Jason Jackson, physically thicker, taller, all of those things than Jason Jackson. I, I think it would just. He's at 205. I don't know. And there's nothing against Impa. It just that weight class for Impa, it maybe works for him right now. But what you're gonna see is a resettling of where these fighters feel like they can get a they're they they feel like they were able to get away with their weight classes now. Um, but these new range of Bellator fighters coming in, they're gonna read they're gonna start restructuring where they do their business. It won't be in the same weight classes. We're about to start. About the touch glove, Jared, uh, Jared, Van uh, Ver the ref. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. They started who, right. who, who, who did the fans pick? All right. Let's see who the fans picked in this one. You guys picked 53% Sai, 46% Magomed Kerimov. Wow. Well, the win Magomed Kerimov's already got one win over Sadabusi and he was able to out wrestle him. Sadabusi seems like he has fixed that problem, but this is exactly where Karamov needs to fight right here. <clears throat> He's going to try to fight him in this clinch area and wait for Sadabusi to try to knee and then lift, catch the leg. There you go. Nice little backhand inside to try to break his balance. <clears throat> this could be a fun fight. You see Jason Jackson in that corner there, kind of looking on. <clears throat> can see where it's at cool i just want to make sure it's good on all my screen cool. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this little over under like sadabusi's got good knees good clinch work he'll try to probably break there's elbows allowed he'll try to break and throw the elbow off this and throw the knee also in a five round fight getting started early with the knees is very important if you guys go back 
and watch my first Gilbert fight, every opportunity I was given, I try to knee to the body to Gilbert, try to kick to the body on Gilbert because with him, he was known for his cardio. And I had trained with him for a couple of years. I knew that he had good pressure. I knew that he liked to push the pace. I knew all of those things. So I knew that I had to take advantage of that situation by getting started with the knees early. Did, did you ever um, train with him in between the other fights, thinking that you were never no. potentially going to fight him again? No, uh-uh. No, we we no. kind of always knew that it would all run back to us. We kind of figured that out, knowing nice. the fight. Ooh, nice takedown, little step behind. This is where I felt like he was going to live. See, and I this see is, Jason Jackson's watching. Yeah, and the thing is, the difference for me with Jason Jackson, Jason Jackson, when you go back to the Amosoft fight, this is that side choke. He looks like he's setting up that side choke. Big shots. That was a little bit of back of the head. Gotta be the ref's gotta be cautious of watching that. Nice job of getting back up to his feet. Nice wrist control. <clears throat> the the difference though, when you watch the Amosoft fight with Jason Jackson, Jason Jackson, every time they got into this clinch area, he would throw the knees, he'd make space, and he'd let the combinations go. Whereas Sadabu right here, this is where this is where Magomed Karamov. It wants the fight to take place. Don't hang out in this range right here. He's got to break carefully. He's got to break and then make space and make him pay. But he seems like he's comfortable here, but he just got taken down. So I don't know how long. If I was Sadabusi's corners, I'd be telling him, hey, we need to make some space. Use that. Use the reach and the range and all of those things to your advantage. This is what this is. Oh, nice shot off the break. That's how you got to make him pay. Every time that he doesn't get the takedown, you got to hit him with a shot. Let him know, hey, you keep trying to take me down. I'm going to keep trying to make you pay. I, I, I tend to have a tendency to ignore you most of the time. Well, only when John's here. <laughs> prep notes. I'm doing prep notes. Mm -mm. Nice little head kick out of there. I'm going to try to... Yeah, if you guys, yeah, if you guys want to, if you guys want to um, follow us over at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in, John and I uh, are the first podcast that they have worked with. They are trying to get over some some uh, athletes and premier athletes over there. They have been able to do that with the guidance of us a little bit here. And um, I actually, we, they've got AJ McKee on there. They've got Luke Rockhold. They've got um, Charles Oliveira is on there. Chris Cyborg is on there. They also work with uh, Formula One racers. What's that? Oh, PFL is on there as well. They actually sponsor. Yep, they're one of the biggest sponsors for the PFL, along with Celsius and other companies. Uh, yeah, Air Force Reserve is on there. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. So if you guys want to follow us, subscribe to us over there. We don't charge for our platform. You guys come over. We just post extra content there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Ooh, big right hand right there by Magomed Karamov. And this is what I was afraid of, is when you know that you're going to be taken down, or you know what your opponent wants to take you down, you have a tendency to back away with your chin up so you have a chit, so you can try to get your hips away from them, so you can stuff the, the takedowns or get the underhooks. You're more concerned about the takedown, so your hands stay a little bit low, so you can get those underhooks to stop the takedown. I'd like to see Sadabusi make some space, give him a little shoulder shrug to the to the jaw, and then come over the top of the little elbow, something like that. That'd be nasty and nice. All right, let's get back over here. Let me let me see. Where's Dave with the comments? Okay, let me uh, let me get over here and check out these comments for you guys. All right, here I'm back. Oh, he's back. <clears throat> yeah, when I go when I come off the split screen, no one can hear me. I can just feed you feed you information. 
privately. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see. I had a good question in here. Um, I had a good question in here somewhere. Where was it? FP. Nope. It's not that one. There's another one down I like, here. Who's the, this lazy bed one? Let's check out lazy bed. Which one? We're about late. Lazy bed, Josh, you'd offer 2 million guaranteed plus pay-per-view points by the Saudis for a celebrity boxing match, but you have to draw 100k buys at least. Who are you oh. choosing for your opponent? I think it's easy, man. I think uh, the history's already been shown. I think you pick, I think you pick Nate Diaz. Um, I mean, the guy can draw. I've got a win over him. I think it just makes sense. I mean, that's something that I think that people would... People would probably want to tune in for it. You can use the marketing of of the win already, even though I know it was done with a kick. But I mean, the striking between the two of us would be fun. I would love to do a boxing match with him. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not opposed to doing one with Benson. I'm not opposed to doing one with Anthony Pettis. I'm not opposed to doing kickboxing matches with them. It's more of the grappling. I think with, for MMA guys, right, coming back, it's more of the grappling and the wrestling and all that stuff that, as you get older, you just don't want to do anymore. So the kickboxing and boxing uh, definitely is there. Nice little foot sweep off the Magomed Karamov. This is a good little fight. The way the trickiness of uh, Karamov uh, to get the takedowns. Nicely done. You see Jason Jackson keeping an eye out. He's looking to see what this is. What what's what's available for Jason Jackson right now is to see how Karamov chooses to try and get takedowns against someone very similar body style. Of uh, of himself, of Jason Jackson. Nose GX01. Do you think PFL continue the co promotion with Ryzen or is that over? Ooh, I don't know. That's a. I think that relationship. Ooh, nice little foot, uh, little foot trip. Um, I think that that relationship. If Scott Coker is to be brought on or to to work with them in any facet of it, I think I think that there's a good chance that that relationship will stay. I mean, how wild would that be, right? You got PFL, you got Bellator, and you got Ryzen. If you had all three of them that were able to bring their champions in for like a year-end show, whoo, that'd definitely be fun. I mean, they'd be doing the Olympics without the UFC pretty much, right? I mean, that's like yeah. that's, that's, that's like the next big thing to the mm -hmm. UFC. I've been saying this for years, man. You go back and watch my Joe Rogan podcast that I did with him. I said, hey, nice foot sweep again. If you brought in all the, the biggest promotions – and you didn't have to bring all their champions. You just put the best fighters that they have that you stylistically made sense for for the fans and say like, hey, these are the fights that we really want to see. These two are getting after it, man. Karamoff with some nice takedowns. Oh, beautifully done. Just not able to control the ground position. Great job by Sadabusi of just bouncing, hitting the hip and bouncing up. All right, I do have, I have a question for you. Uh -huh. Um. Not trying to be too controversial here, but do are you thrilled as a promoter in the last fight, the two hundred five fight, to be handed out a million dollars for that? I mean, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you are. I think you are. I thought it was a good fight. Like yeah. you're, you're looking for a good fight. <laughs> you know, like that like you want to get your money's worth if you're the promoter, and if you're the, yeah. and you want to make sure that your fans. If you listen to Don Davis when he was uh, talking with Ariel, he wants the fans to get what their money's worth. You know, so for $50, you're getting a pretty good card. for. So far, it's been a good card for $50. I wouldn't even say a pretty good card. They're fighting their butts off. You know, this fight is really good. 
I though I know the Impa and Silvera fight was a little bit more one-sided, but Silvera had some good shots, some good combinations in there. Kayla Harrison fight was one-sided. It was a three-round fight, though. The um Ray Cooper fight was one-sided with Brunson, but it was a three-round fight, though. Uh, you know, and you don't know what you're gonna get. You know, when you bring in, you know, with Brunson, you're bringing him in. You know, it's first fight there. Is he gonna come in ready and in shape, or is he gonna be like, ah, oh, you know what? Because we've seen it before. Some some former UFC fighters come in like, oh, I'm too good. I don't need to worry about this, and then they end up losing. That wasn't the case. He came in in shape. He looked good. He looked lean for his fight. You know, had good control. Utilized his wrestling. Sadabusi is looking good right now. Dushit says you would sleep Nate again. Who does? Dushit says you would sleep Nate again. Uh, would you sleep him with the hands though? I don't know. I don't know. He's got a pretty. I mean, I hit him with. I hit him with a. <laughs> so he's got a good chin, man. I wouldn't say I would sleep him, but I think I think it'd be a fun boxing match. Yeah, I'd have to be in phenomenal shape to withstand his pressure. Um, he doesn't have a lot of power. He's not. A, he's not the fastest fighter. Nice little inside jab, right there by uh, Karamov. Sadabu C looking good though. Good footwork there. Nice straight right. Chris and Andy, Dave and Josh, what are your uh, what are the chances in your opinion Nate fights and PFL <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think there's any chance. No zero. I think there's zero chance. I mean, already look, called it the B leagues. Well, I mean, like you could say it, but the thing is, if they were willing to pay them the fifteen million or the twenty million. I mean, how much more would he make fighting Connor? I mean, look, this is what it's doing. This is what Don Davis did. He put the ball. He put the ball in UFC's court to say, hey, if you're not going to pay Nate Diaz this much money to fight Connor for that trilogy fight, we're going to pay him that. And he's going to and he's going to come with us. That would be a huge blow. So the UFC is on right now. UFC is put on notice. If you're not going to pay me $15 million or more to fight Connor, I can go fight over here. That, that's you're being put on notice. And uh, what I, I thought that was a brilliant um, strategy. That's, yeah. that's a brilliant strategy by Don Davis and the PFL to do that. Very smart. It's making them spend money. They don't want to spend. They were hoping to get, you know, be able to pay Nate Diaz, uh, you know, eight to 10 million. What'd you do? No, I was uh, I was on a I was clicking a website that obviously had ads galore, so it just freaking killed me. <laughs> That's what I get for clicking on a, a porn C site. Status. You're, you're C on status. you're on a you're on a no. porn site. You gotta lay off all that porn, buddy. Yeah, you know, needs must. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I was smart well, by PFL, but I still don't see Nate going there. I think. I think in the weight class to answer someone's question that asked earlier, is there one weight class that they could potentially beat the Bellator champion? I look at this. I'm not saying I don't think that they will. I'm just saying that it's a very competitive fight. I think you got Magomed Karamov and you've got Sadabusi. These two guys are fantastic strikers. They're both good on the feet. And then Karamov is good at takedowns. Sadabusi is good at takedown defense. So I look at these guys and I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, this makes for a very good fight. This, this, I feel like if anything, this fight or this, this um, weight class just got a hell of a lot deeper by adding these two fighters. And I know there's other fighters in this weight class, but you add those two fighters mixed in with the Bellator guys. That's a stacked weight class. That's a stacked weight class. 
Ah, I'd like to see a tournament. That's see now mm. if you're gonna do another like World Grand Prix, like a Bellator style tournament, instead of doing having it in this in uh PFL in a league type thing, in a season mm -hmm. type thing, I would say this would be the weight class. You've got these two. Oh, guillotine. That looks deep. It's got no, oh, it's deep, it's deep. Yeah, he's in. He's tap. Oh man. Made a mistake. Head down. I thought I was gonna be the wrestling that did it, but it was just one mistake. Ruben Rafi, you guys, you guys need a timer if you be doing these watch alongs, Dave. Yes, sir. I um oh, yeah. that's a good idea, and I will uh work on it for the yes. next one. That is true. Yeah, I, I gotta just spit it out more where you guys where we're at in this timer situation. You probably weren't on the same time as me, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna uh, just try and pull the remember we used to do a five round main event. I was gonna yeah. pull the pull the timer I have for that, but it's only a minute long, I think, or a minute oh, twenty or something. So I can't just pull I gotta build it from scratch. Oh, okay, okay. If we want it to look good. You know me, I don't is, I don't uh I'm is there stupid. no way of just like pulling the timer from the PFL? Uh Nah, no, not not without problems. And I wonder too if that'd be a copyright thing. No, because I I could literally crop it down to that. You got me wondering now. You got me wondering. Problem is I can't leave. Come to me for more life hacks. Go ahead. <laughs> well, the the challenge is is that um I'm on a slower thing, so I'm behind you. Um, I'm behind you. Uh, so it wouldn't it wouldn't even work that way, but. Uh, um and the other challenge is anytime i navigate away from from yeah. you for, from uh, i've got like different screens whenever i change screens it's going to mess it up so mm. <clears throat> let me it. think about it guys let me think about it I, I i can do it i can do it um i'll find a way to do it i'm gonna i'm gonna try to elevate this uh this uh my thing which thing uh, a screen oh I saw, I saw you guys looking at my butt. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Give us some more questions, guys. Come on. I'm, I'm here all night to take questions from you guys. That's why we're doing this. I wanted to have some fun with you guys. And, uh, you know, and I know that Big John's not here tonight. So I know you guys are have to suffer through listening to me. But John and I talked about doing this. And I was like, you know what? Let's keep it going. If you guys haven't heard, uh big john is going through some uh, family stuff his dad's not doing well and so i wanted you guys to if you guys could please send him over some positive vibes and um i want to thank you guys so much hit him up on twitter or on his instagram whatever it is on his last post for his instagram whatever it is just be positive please <laughs> some positive positive energy is always nice um it's not that free stream is stressful uh it's just the I'd I'd rather not just pull. Yeah, I'm reading the comments. Don't worry, guys. I I'll, I'll get the timer on there. Don't worry, I'll get the timer on there. <laughs> I'll get on for the next one. There's an I, there's an easy way I can do it. I just gotta. Mm. I just gotta do it. What else you got for us? Um. I can see this one, Stevie, uh, Steve Rivera. How is Sam Diggs doing? I think Sammy's. I think Sammy's doing well, man. I've um, I just chatted with him just through text, uh, probably about two weeks ago, 
and he's doing well. Things are going well. He's got family stuff going on at home. And uh, always, always a great guy, man. Always an actual one of my all-time favorite guys. Got always got good energy and uh, fun to be around. You know, I mean, I think he's a little bit more tired now. He's got a little one, so he's <laughs> a little bit more tired with the daily life stuff. But he's doing good. Or has um, is his kid and my my youngest the same age? I think so. I think they're probably pretty close. Yeah, I gotta go see. I gotta go on a shit right now and see. <laughs> what else you got for us? Uh, Josh, do you teach martial arts from Kevin? Uh, I used to. I used to. I don't teach it anymore. Um, you know, I may get back into it now that I live in Texas. Uh, I sold my gyms in California, and um, and stuff. So I think we're working on. I think we're working on maybe doing something maybe here in Texas, but we'll see. As much as people talk about Texas, this Texas that, I have noticed that they don't have a really big wrestling, um, like they don't have a really big wrestling following or big wrestling. Um, wrestling is not a big sport here. I know, look, Bo Nickel. I know, like the Ferrari brothers. I know all that stuff. I got it, but it's it's not it's not ingrained in like football here is first. Baseball, baseball and soccer is like second both tied for second, you know, and you got lacrosse kind of making a slide into that third spot, kind of, you know, third, fourth spot, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's, a it's, um, wrestling's not even in the mix in terms of combat sports and all the other things. Look at this. So when I'm looking at these guys, right, Jason Jackson and Magomed Karamov, look at Impa. Impa was way smaller than Jason Jackson. Magomed Karamov is bigger than, than, uh, Impa. And so to say that Impa is going to fight at Nemkov, it just, that to me is, it's, I look at his Nemkov. I don't even know if Nemkov can make the weight anymore because he's made it clear he wants to go to heavyweight. But I'm looking forward to this fight. You've got Magomed Karamov versus uh, Jason Jackson. You know, Yaroslav Amosov was was undefeated at 27-0. He's got, he's got good wrestling, good stand-up. Magomed Karamov, a different style of, of wrestling, a different style of stand-up. But I think this makes for a very, very fun fight in Jason Jackson and Magomed Karamov. Could be, could be a fun fight. Going to be a fun fight. And he, Magomed Karamov, he gets to train for basically the same, very similar style fighter. The way that they kickbox, the way they fight. Now, I know they are different. Look, Magomed Karamov, not Magomed, but Jason Jackson has really good wrestling, very underrated wrestling. Um, and he may try to wrestle Magomed Karamov and take him down, put him on his back. And control his position because he's got good ground and pound, but he's got good takedown defense. He's got good striking. Jason Jackson's a beast, man. So I'm looking forward to this. But if I was gonna say one weight class and it's nothing, it's just that Sadabusi and Magomed Karamov, Jason Jackson, Yaroslav Amosov, Logan Storley, these guys all have something that just I think that that weight class is a stacked weight class now that you've merged those other two fighters I, I mean I, i'm pumped i'm pumped to see i mean there's other guys too that you can work into that mix uh you've you know you can work into that mix i would love to see that fight i would love to see these guys you know in a tournament format but like in a world grand prix type tournament format maybe not so much in the pfl one because these guys this is the top of the food chain when you've got the best the best of the best you know um in 170 pounds I mean, it's hard to get them to fight in a in a season type tournament, and so um, I don't know. We'll see. 
we'll see what happens and how they all decide and how they decide to do it. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Mm-mm-mm. Let me see. Let me see. Just come back real quick because I was on a different screen. <clears throat> Smooth 007. Hey, Josh, if PFL is aiming to be the co-leader in MMA, why don't they just copy the UFC's business model by combining the PFL Bellator rosters and structure their divisions events the same way? Um. Well, they've, they've already they've spent so... Look, anytime you own a major company, basically what you're asking them to do is kind of rebrand what they've been doing. And that costs millions and millions of dollars to rebrand what you're doing and so they have a format that they are the smart case they use the smart case they do a tournament style format if i was to make any like suggestions and they you know and obviously uh rogan's even said the same thing is that rogan's has said rogan actually didn't say the same thing he actually said to get rid of the tournament format altogether and just have the best fights have the best fights and i can understand what he's saying but I also like the idea of I love I do like the tournament formats format program, but I like it for the up and comers. I like it for the ones that are trying to get in into the into the bigger show, which the bigger show is the PFL in Bellator. And you make it that I think what you do is you say, hey, if you guys want to come in, stop offering a million dollars because to save you guys some money and start saying, hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollar fight contract. I'll give you a hundred. I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to win the fight in tournament. And you get a guaranteed, say, four or six fight deal with the PFL to fight in the bigger shows. In the bigger show being the PFL. So then you basically, that is like becomes your challenger series. Is that now we've got these young fighters that are fighting in a tournament style format with the ability to win $100,000 and get a six fight deal. That's That to me would be a good idea. And then you take that, that would be the PFL challenger series. And then you make the PFL whatever legend series or you just call it pfl like basically the bigger show is pfl and you go from there and you say pfl versus um you know pfl not versus bellator but pfl has all the best fighters you've got all your your uh johnny eblins you've got your uh magomed karamov and jason jackson and you've got all these fighters and so um then that's where all the best fighters go those fighters that win that tournament to fight in now get to go to fight in the bigger pfl if I was to, you know, if it was me just with a crystal ball going, hey, this would probably be the best format, I could see something like that working. Because let's not forget, Strike Force had a Challenger series. That Challenger series did really good. There was a ton of great fights on that on those cards. They were awesome, and they were always headlined by like a good, um, good like good fighters that came from the upper the upper like the upper PFL or the upper strike force it was strike force challengers and then the regular strike force and if you did that like then you have say you have like a Gegard Mousasi fighting like a Trevor Prangley at 185 pounds and they would headline the challenger series so you had like your pretty well-known fighters headlining that challenger series and then you had all your other fighters you know that were trying to kind of make their way into the bigger show you had them on that challenger series that's that seemed to have been pretty successful and that's really ultimately what dana then went on to go do with the dana white contender series or and then even kind of doing a little bit with the dana white finding a fight or whatever it was but it's more of the dana white contender series he kind of took a little bit of that format and that's what he did you know he had these fights and then he 
had people that came in as special guests and then <clears throat> uh, brought a lot of attention to it. And then he signed fighters right there on the spot. Those fighters that were in Strike Force Challenger Series, they fought. They were fighting to see if they would get a contract or if they would be able to fight again on another card. And if they already had a contract, they were just fighting to see if they could make it to the bigger Strike Force. And if they didn't make it there, they had to keep fighting on that on that Strike Force Challenger Series. So your goal was to always get to the bigger show. The bigger show being like the PFL, you know, the big where the big fights are, where all the big fighters are with the the champions and the you know the real you know, the ones that have won all the titles, the Kayla Harrison, the Chris Cyborgs, the Johnny Eblins, you know, the Nemcops, you know, um, whoever, you know, whoever. So Pinedo tonight, like he, he, I thought he looked fantastic tonight. Great job by him. So I'm looking forward to it. But Josh, let me ask you this. And would, uh, and you, in a perfect world, would you rather have the PFL season and, and tournament style, or would you rather have Bellator's bracket system? I think you can do it both ways. I, why can't you still do the the World Grand Prix inside the the PFL or Bellator, or whatever it is? If they end up making it like the bigger PFL, and then you still have the tournament format, which is what they do now for the young fighters that are trying to get in, you can still do that. So I, you can still do one weight class every year in a in a big million dollar prize for that weight class. Like I like I said earlier, I would love to see the 175 the 170 pound division have a world grand prix in the bigger pfl or bellator or whatever have them do that because now you've got magomed karamov now you've got amasov now you've got logan sorley you had mvp i don't know if you maybe can entice him to come back for another tournament style like to win a million dollars i mean you've got you've got you've got sadabusi you've got fighters you've got plenty of top level guys at 180 pounds 170 pounds that are fun fights. There's good fighters that are there. Would you would you be able to get Ray Brother Cooper the third to come back down to 170? He's won that tournament twice. He fights better, it looks like, at 170. Would you be able to entice him to come back down? Can he make that weight every single time? But then he does he'd have time to to get to get out of shape and then put himself back into shape. There's a lot. There's a lot to be said about the World Grand Prix. It still brings a lot of excitement, and you, if you just do one weight class, but I I like that I like their tournament style, like a season, uh, but I like it for the younger um, for the younger athletes. And fighters can go ahead and put themselves in it too if they want. I mean, look, it's going to be hard pressed for Patricio and Patricky to want to go like I'm going to go in there, make the weight every time, and then train six months straight, basically with no breaks. It's going to be hard for them. Let me ask you this: Should they be? Should they be? working towards merging these these championships to have one champion representing the the brand rather than like now we have to that's, that's above my pay grade man like that's your opinion. my my opinion is um my opinion is that they probably have a master plan on what they're looking to do and so like if i was to give my opinion it's not they have they have something i think in mind so you, you've got to let them run this and play this out to see. I can sit, I can sit in the back and go, "Hey, they should do it this way." They should, but it's a lot easier to it's a lot easier to say this stuff when it's not your money. You know what I mean? Like it's not your bit. Like everyone, everyone has advice on how people should run their business. And I've been, I've been a business owner several in several businesses, and everyone's always like, "You should do this, you should do that," and then I did it my way and it worked. You know what I mean? So you got to let them do their business, and this is. 
and whatever it is they choose to do, they they've spent time talking with investors. They've spent time and the, their investors are not, they're not dumb. Like, you but know what I mean? Like they understand. I would just argue with that, that the, the, the champion is supposed to represent the best in the world, right? That, that competes within, I guess, like a league in this case, mm -hmm. because PFL is a league, right? UFC is a league. So you don't, you can never really know who the better man is between the two because they can't fight, but we're going to see these title fights, right? We're going to see champ be champ and PFL and Bellator. Mm -hmm. So once someone wins the fight, that you the the world champ that loses cannot be considered the best at that point yeah so so i think it almost loses i think you at that point you have to say you have one champion mm -hmm. and it's the person that won yeah this is true this is true um but that's like you but if you're trying to market to your overseas market i mean i, I don't know i don't know how they're going to structure it man but outside the, I mean, it sounds like they're going to do these international Bellator series, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you put face on in Ireland and it's all Irish fighters, the Irish people are going to show up. Same with England, same with Spain, Italy, anywhere mm -hmm. else doing it. Like, the the people show up for the fighters mm -hmm. um, of the countries. Like you've always said, that's just here in the US. People don't tend to really do that. Yeah. I mean, maybe like you you were saying, like Frankie Edgar in New Jersey or wherever it is. Like people show up because it's it's that the more of the community. Yeah right um well like if i would fight in san jose it would people would show up right right for that, max, for holloway, that, in hawaii. Yeah. max yeah. holloway in hawaii bj penn you know like they would show up like their people would show up to support mm -hmm. them but outside of like country that it just we don't have that type of dedication from the u.s uh fans to support the u.s fighters as much as like Connor does in in Ireland as much as Michael Bisping does in the UK. You know mm -hmm. Tom Aspinall. You know like they don't. It just doesn't happen. And but they are a lot smaller of countries than 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 uh, than the US. But GSP with Canada. I mean, he sold out what the was it called the Rogers Arena? I think fifty five thousand people. That's insane. It's insane. I just think that uh, uh, Bellator's tournament style is way easier to understand. Um, easier to follow, right? You have brackets and that's it. Now you have all these guys. You just do, you know, your however many people on each side of the brackets, right? As many as you can fill for each weight class. Yeah. You, st you stack the cards. You can probably do a card a month, card every, you know, card yeah. a month, card every two weeks, whatever. And then you have a champ. You have champions crowned by close to the end of the year. And then you know you can do some wrap up face, whatever you want to do. But I just think there's an opportunity. Opportunity. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm just one guy with an opinion, but <laughs> I, 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 think, I do realize that. I think a lot of it is though too is they're trying to figure out their rosters. Mm -hmm. They've just signed 214 fighters. You know, um, they came along with the Bellator deal. They have 60 to 70, I think, on their own roster. They've got to see how it all shakes out after they start fighting each other, and uh, they're going to see when the when the champions fight champions i i want to know how they're going to do like if larissa wins or if mohawk natina wins if they have chris fight the winner of this first before they do the kayla harrison fight you know um yeah if they're aiming for february or early march i heard it said they i think don davis said on the aerial show that it was late late february or early march is when they were looking to do the champion versus champion but we're gonna find out, man. That that fight with Magomed Karamov and Jason Jackson, that's gonna be the fight to really try to pay attention to, you guys. Really try to pay attention to. 
And I would not be like also too the uh Ghost off versus uh Ghost off versus uh for Hera fight. That fight also against Ryan Bader. Just a different style. Ryan Bader with the good wrestling, explosive. He's a lot better at heavyweight than he was at 205. Um, he is getting a little bit older in age, but he's got that wrestling pedigree, you know, and the ability to stop take that or stop uh, submissions. So I'm looking forward to that fight. Um, you know, there's been there's uh there's been some good fights tonight. We'll see. Larissa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see here. Yep, eighty percent for Pacheco and Mahak Natina, twenty percent. Hey, Mahak Natina got some some votes there. She's got good judo. She's got good wrestling, mainly judo. the The problem is though, is she tends to be a little bit shy on the feet. She lets the fight kind of. Um, develop in front of her, which is not a bad thing in some situations. But Larissa Pacheco is not someone that really settles in. She just goes, I'm going to come forward. I'm going to land the big shot and I'm going to bully you around the cage. We're going to see. Mohawk Natina is, she's good at closing the distance, getting to the clinch, trying to hip toss you, foot sweep you, all of those things, using, using her judo to get this fight to the ground. I just don't know what how much she's going to be able to do once she does get it to the ground. We will see Andy Shepard. Oh, all right, all right. Do you think Pacheco Ooh. looks as young as she is? How how young is she? She's twenty nine. Jeez, yeah, I think she does. When you actually look like at her, I think the tattoos make her look a little bit older, but I think mm -hmm. she looks she looks young. Marina, she Marina Mahaknatina used to fight in Bellator as well. She's got a couple fights in Bellator also. Good. We will see. We will see. We will see. Next time I'm gonna get a better setup though in this whole situation. So my my uh my uh screen can be right up close. Hmm. Like a little bit more up here for you guys. For you should have just opened ESPN on your in your browser on the on the screen that I share with you and then or something like that. Oh, uh, and then just not look at you. Yeah, and then probably put or put me down in the bottom or something. Yeah. We're gonna get that squared up next time. You guys, this we, is we like came on early tonight just to get on for the 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 what you call it Harrison fight. We came on. We just jumped right on right away. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's see what else we got here. Let's see who. There's a demand for you to talk about the Strickland and Ian Gary controversy. What 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 is it all about? I heard it has something to do with. Uh, uh ian gary's wife yeah supposedly sean strickland exposed them i don't i actually didn't didn't catch it, it just it was a it was coming around today yeah um, i saw a little bit of it earlier today but i'm gonna be honest with you guys man i'm not talking about anyone's wife i don't care that's just not my business man i don't get into that type of stuff i'm not this is i'm not the kardashians so <laughs> sorry i'm not gonna get into anything to do with any any fighter's wife and uh kids or any personal stuff it's not my business yeah so i'm gonna keep it classy all right uh larissa already landed a big shot mohawk natina land with a big overhand right we are at four minutes and 29 seconds 28 seconds 27. oh big shot by uh pacheco nicely done larissa marissa <laughs> i'll just go with pacheco Ooh, nice takedown shot 
far out, didn't set it up at all. Pacheco, man. She's got her eye on the prize. You know what her prize is, right? It's a fight with Chris Cyborg. I'm not sure I'd want to win that prize, just to be honest. I'm thinking to myself, oh, big head kick. It's crazy. They almost fight exactly alike, Pacheco and Chris Cyborg. They almost fight exactly alike. They slowly stalk and walk and, and just throw big shots. Oh. Maknatina trying to get to the clinch, trying to, you know, grab the arms. She's taking some big, big shots, though. Oh, nice. Touch. Got in deep on that one. Wasn't able to finish. Good job by Pacheco on getting the underhook. Circle in the back off the fence. Man, Pacheco, big shot. Another big shot. We're at three minutes, 15 seconds, 14, 13 of the first round. We're just going to stop loading up. Just kind of slide in, land the big right hand, and then throw the hook right after. Right now, you can see she's like bearing down and then throwing the big overhand right. She's just got to throw it straight. If she throws it straight, she could probably get her out of there. She's dipping to the right. Oh, she tried for that head kick. Just went over the top. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Tanya's dropping off some food. Oh. Thanks, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett over here is saying, Dave, think about if the PFL did it like wrestling. It's like having Raw Smackdown and NXT with all the different divisions and champions. I agree. I think it's confusing now, but they will work it out. I think they will. I think they will. Look, there's so many fighters that they have on the roster. They're like, okay, like, where do they fit in? And when, when Strike Force was bought by the UFC, they had that whole year of fights to kind of settle it down because they had to figure out, okay, who's going to stay, who's going to go, which cream is going to rise to the top. And it was, which fighters do we want to keep on this roster? And they also were kind of forced into it because uh, Strikeforce had the deal with Showtime, which is like another year of Showtime. And so they went through that. Oh, big knee bar. So the roll through knee bar, Mohawk Natina with the big knee bar. And that's deep. That's really, really deep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, that's tight. Oh, that's tight. That's tight. That's tight. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that's tight. Larissa, she's got to kick the hands away, break that grip. Oh, Larissa. Oh, Pacheco, man. She's wrist control, two hands on one. Get the wrist control. Oh man, she's already she's she's so deep she can't even put her left foot in the butt to try to escape. There she goes. She's doing a good job of breaking away. That is tight though. That is really tight. So what she gotta do right there? Pull the knee open. There you go. She's escaped. Nicely done. She gotta pull that knee open. She did a great job. Now basically come back over. She gotta be careful on that leg lock still. That heel hook is still there. Get out. Good. Back to the feet. Just make space and get away. Oh, big shots, though. Oh, man. Pacheco with the big shots. Look, after attacking a submission like that, there's so much that goes into it as, as Podcast Dave eats, replenishing his calorie intake. <laughs> oh, none of those are really getting through right now. Oh, that one landed, though, right when I said that. Jeez. Whoo. Those are big shots. couple big shots got through. 
Now her Mohawk Natina's toe is stuck in uh, Pacheco's shorts. You know, I feel like that's the only time that the ref cam should be used. <laughs> is when is when uh, when that happens, when things like that happen, when, like a toe gets stuck, like in a short, or fingers get stuck in a short, or something. Good first round for Larissa, but that submission was really, really close. The damage was done by Pacheco. Look at Jake Paul. <clears throat> what do you say? There, see him? No, I can't see it, but obviously <clears throat> giving some commentary. People have said he's been quiet since the purchase. Who? Jake Paul. No, I think. Look, when they're doing business, when they're doing business deals like this, you've got to be quiet. There was a lot of things that. That I know that John and I knew about the business deal, but we we can't say anything, you know. We, you don't want to end up, <laughs> you don't want to end up getting fired from your job, you know, because you guys we rushed out all we knew something that no one else knew. So you've got to, you've got to just you got to let it play out, man. I think uh, and obviously him being part of PFL and understanding that look, there's a game plan. Mm. You can't ruin it by being going out there and being first. You know, to report news just because you heard about it or you know about it. You've got to let it develop. The promotions pay a lot of money um, to do this type of stuff. They have marketing people that they pay to do this stuff. You got to let them do it, man. Sweet Science is asking you, are there any free agents PS PFL can pick up? Uh, you know, I'd have to get I'd have to get with a lot of the managers and kind of talk about who they have maybe coming becoming a free agent. Uh, I'm really close with a lot of the managers and just kind of understanding like what guys, their contracts are coming to I uh, look, I know that MVP is not signed yet. And so if PFL was looking to maybe sign somebody, maybe try to sign him. But I also look at if you're going to go him getting older and going to, going to the UFC, this would be his time for him to try to make a splash over in the UFC. He's, he's 37, I think 37 years old. Good takedown by uh, Mohawk Natina. Not able to control the position. Good knee. Man. Mohawk Natina is good in terms of she can take a shot. She's taking some big shots. She's she's in great shape. The amount of wrestling and stuffing and the big shots she's taking, she's still there. This is where I think Chris Cyborg is set apart from, from other uh, females in this weight class. She's someone that will just keep walking you down. She doesn't fight at a slow pace. She fights at a rapid pace for the full five minutes. And so when I'm, when I'm looking at Chris Cyborg and I'm looking at Larissa Pacheco, I think there is, there's very, they're very similar in styles. I look at where I see um, Cyborg having a little bit more of the advantages when she does get in that boxing range, she doesn't just box you. She will clinch you, knee you in that tie plum. She'll knee you, and then she'll break back, and she'll do big shots. She'll go back into the clinch. She'll knee you some more. She'll make you pay throughout the fight in all areas, not just in boxing. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. You see Pacheco just kind of stalking after her, putting the pressure. Things like this make the fighter really tired. Um, it's just... You're, they're not fighters aren't, aren't used to fighting off their back foot, especially when you start to get tired, especially when you have someone that you know is not going to let up if you get hit with the big shot, like in sparring. Ooh, 
Mark Natina just hit Pacheco with a big shot, though. Nice little overhand right. Jeez. It's a good little fight, man. These They're getting after it. Pacheco got to do a better job of cutting the cage off and punching her way in. Right now, she's just waiting for the one big shot Larissa Pacheco, or, uh, Pacheco is. She's got to... She's got to punch her way in. Set up the double jab. Maybe just maybe give a feint. Then slide in. Well, she hit her with a good shot there. Pacheco got hit, though, too. Mark Natina's doing good, man. She's still in this fight. This is five rounds. Oh, big takedown, though. That doesn't look deep enough. Pacheco doesn't look like she has it. It's on. Oh, Mark Natina... Slipped her head out. Got a minute, about a minute 38, 37, 36. If you guys aren't lined up with me, I'm sorry. I apologize. But you guys can maybe push pause. Let it sit until it goes. 29, 28, 27, 26. One minute, 25, 24, 23. There you go. Larissa trying to hit this arm bar. She's, she's gathered the head. Little over. Little lock over the top of the head. Try to keep the arm inside. Is somebody talking, Dave, to uh, Jake Paul? Can you hear that? Or is he just watching? Uh, someone wrote down here that Jake Paul's just in the corner, but he's not saying anything. Um, I don't have audio, obviously. Um, uh, he's not in the corner. It just shows him looks like he's at home. Hold on. I'm going to jump to your screen so that you okay. can't. no one can hear. YouTube can't hear my audio, and then I'll play it so you can hear it. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I don't need to hear anymore. I don't need to hear anymore. Are you sure that doesn't play on air? Okay. Yeah, I have my audio cut so that you you can't see it on here unless you're watching on YouTube, Josh. But um yeah, it doesn't. Okay. I, I have it muted whenever I'm just on you. Mahak Natina looks tired right now. Shoot the desperation double. Lot, there's so much energy that goes into shooting a shot and then you're not getting it. Another round for uh, Pacheco. First round was was a good round with the threat of the submission. Second round, though, goes to Pacheco also. It's two rounds to none for Pacheco. Mahak Natina looks tired. Even Pacheco looks like she's slowing down a little bit. Man, she's Pacheco looks like she had a couple deep breaths and she looks like she's recovering really well. Give me some more uh, some more questions here, Dave. Let's keep let's keep these fans happy, man. We got to keep them going. Joe Bellman, who will MVP fight in the first first in the UFC? I would like to see Stephen Thompson. My personal opinion that's a, that's the fight I'd like to see. It could end up being a great fight. It could end up being a sleeper, a boring as in snooze fest. But I'd like to see that fight. Um, I also think that he needs to fight a wrestler. I'd like to see him fight a Colby Covington. I'd like to see him fight, you know, um, a Kamaru Usman. I'd like to see that fight. Him and Leon would be a great fight. On the feet, I mean, Leon potentially could try to get him down, but I don't know if Leon could wrestle him for five straight rounds like Logan Storley had to. You know, um, that that's that's the way I look at it. I think that MVP fighting somebody like a fighting someone like a Kobe Covington, MVP fighting somebody um, like a Kamaru Usman. But I feel like the fight to make would be a Steven Thompson for his first fight. Two of them, 
it'd be, I think it'd be an action packed style fight. It'd be a fun fight. Uh, I think once you move from that fight, you go right from there to, I'd like to see probably a Kamaru Usman or um, who else did I say up in that top mix at 170? Who else up is, is up there, Dave, for the UFC at 170? There was one other fight that I wanted to see in that for, for MVP there. Right here. Uh, dun, dun. Zoom in a little bit. You got it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, give, I mean, I know Bilal deserves a title shot. He's right there next. You know, um, Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns. I mean, Stephen Thompson's the guy, but then maybe a Kamaru Usman. But if Kamaru goes up to 85 and stays, doesn't want to make that weight cut anymore. Big overhand right, though, by Mahak Natina. Um, you know, in that mix, I don't know. I, don't, I, th I think him, why not him and Shavkat? New MVP and Shavkat. It's a style that, like, you know, Shavkat's going to use his wrestling. Can he wrestle and take him down that much? Big shots by Pacheco. They're against the fence. Mahak Natina kind of just biting down on the mouthpiece. She's got to be tired from all the circling. You got Pacheco who's got to learn to cut the cage off. Good kick. Oh, but she landed a shot of her own. <clears throat> Alex, we're, working, uh, we're watching on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, ESPN+. Plus. I'm at minute three, uh, three minutes and 19. 18 in the third round, three minutes and 15, 14, 13, 12 in the third round. If you guys want to try to get on our time frame, you guys can. MVP versus Ian Gary. Look, I think if MVP is going to come in, I don't think they're going to give him someone that far down in the rankings. He understands that he's getting older. He wants to fight the very best. He wants a fast track to the title. He wants to get paid the most amount of money he can get paid. And he can only do that if he says, I'll fight guys from from basically like Stephen Thompson, probably on up. Shavkat, Gilbert Burns, Kobe Covington, Bilal Muhammad, Kamar Usman, you know, and Leon Edwards. I really believe that they're going to put him in the mix with like, say, one person. Maybe a Gilbert Burns. Maybe a, maybe a Kobe Covington. If Kobe loses, you have him fight Kobe next, and then he fights the winner. Um, and then he, then he fights Leon maybe after that. I don't know. There's fights there. Pacheco sees the she's she sees the finish line, man. She's gonna be grinding up. She's gonna posture up, big shots. She sees that Mohawk Natina is just basically falling to her back. Has doesn't want to be on the feet anymore. She wants to try to hold her tight. Great shots. Is is Jake Paul wearing MMA gloves in this corner video? Oh my gosh, he is. He is. <laughs> he's 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 wearing uh, MMA gloves. He's getting hot. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting uh, hyped up for the fights. <laughs> he's getting hyped. Oh, those blue gloves behind me. The old strike force gloves there. I've got a pair of, uh, I've got a pair of, I had some, I had some Bellator ones back there. I don't know where they're at now. What else you got for me? She's in full mount. Pacheco's in full mount. She's got Mohawk Natina down. Looking for, looking for this ref to get some stoppage. Big shots. See, this is the problem, though, with, with the elbow situation. Apparently, they're allowed to elbow right now, but I haven't seen him elbow because during the tournament, you're not allowed to elbow. So I'm trying to, like, are they not? Because that would finish the fight a lot sooner and a lot faster. Big John tells me all the time, like, when you see the damage uh, being committed by the elbows, you can feel it, the forearm hitting, you know, hitting the head. The ref is a lot eager to step. He's a lot more eager to step in and stop the fight for fighter safety. Mm -hmm. 
The Check last crumb, Josh, wants to know. Josh from the UK, can you explain all this NCAA and Division One that I keep hearing about people talking about regarding fighter accolades? Mm-hmm. I mean, can you can you uh, and I play soccer? Can you explain to me all this Premier League stuff and how it all works? Can you do that for me? Because because I and I play soccer and I've followed it for a while when I was younger, but it just it gets so confusing now. The top people that win go up, and the the ones that lose go down, and this Premier League and Champions League and it's all so confusing. I mean, I, I yeah, look, you have college wrestling. Then that leads into if you're good enough, you eventually try to get into the Olympic, you know, into the Olympic training facility and start working towards training to get to the Olympics. Uh, but outside of that, it really is just the um, college wrestling. Um, yeah, it's it's become it's come a long way though because now you have when you get out of college or even when you're kind of still in college, you're able to kind of wrestle in, in, in big events, like flow wrestling that puts on really good events in, um, in, uh, in times square and those places, there. great events for, for everyone around. So, uh, wrestling's come a long way since I was younger. I mean, I am getting, I am old people. I am old. We didn't have all that stuff when I was younger. <laughs> Larissa looking good right now. I have her up three rounds to none. I want to know how she fights with another fighter on the feet who she can't bully around. And that's what we're going to find out. We're going to find that out. Like, how does she fight against somebody like a Chris Cyborg? How does she fight against somebody like a Sinead Kavanaugh? That's what I want to know. Sinead Kavanaugh will box. She'll stand in front of you and she will trade punches and shots. Uh, and Pacheco will do that as well. So I would like to see a uh, Mohawk Natina and, uh, you know, and a Leah McCourt with utilizing their judo and all of those things. This would be some good stuff. There's some good fights to be made, man. There's some really good fights to be made. Mohawk Natina looked like she got a little bit of a second win after that minute long break. And Mohawk Natina's got some power, so Pacheco's got to be careful. You got to still be careful. Stalk after her, track after her. We're in round four. Little overhand right that graze the top of the head. Those little shots that hit the temple and graze off the top are the ones that do the most damage. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, uh, let's go ahead and put this poll up though for the for the uh, main event. Right, the main event's next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clay Collard. Yeah, yeah, we're in round four. Put that. Let's put that that thing up. Let's see where you guys look at. Is Chase Hooper versus Patty great call out for Hooper? I think it's a fantastic call out. I think it's a fantastic call out. I think Chase is probably the better grappler. He's not physically stronger uh, on the feet. He's going to have some problems, but I think he can weather the storm for the very first round. Um, Chase is also becoming like he's kind of filling into his body. He's not just all oh nice submission attempt by Pacheco. She's got that triangle. She's got that triangle. She's got to pull that arm across. Grab the shin. Look to reach inside the leg and submit. Oh, the elbow is already clear, so she's kind of out already. She's got to pull that wrist in. Sweep. Oh, Magnatina with the, the leg lock. With the Achilles leg lock. Ooh, she's got to separate those legs. Sit over to the other side. Oh, she's got the leg all the way over. Oh, that's tight. That's getting tight. 
Oh, she got the hook on now. She's hitting the hook. Need a better camera angle there. There you go. Oh, yeah. She sat over it. Start hammer fisting her now. She'll let it go. Hammer fist. There you go. Putting the shots down. Let her know you don't want to attack those ankle locks. Good. Foot in the butt. Trying to make space. Trying to clear the top of the knee. Takes away the 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 heel hook. Yep. Now she's got it. Now Mahogantina's lost it. She's got to sit up. Look for the calf slicer right there. Nope. See now the fatigue. Chasing those submissions makes you so tired. Like Dave one time tried to get me in a choke for like two seconds and he got tired and winded and he had to let it go. <laughs> Pretty sure I had You're you. right. No, no. Pacheco, though, having to escape. That's the second leg lock, the knee bar earlier. Now this reverse, uh, this little hook that she was got put on with. Good stuff. Pacheco a little tired, too. You see them trying to slow down a little bit. Mahawk Matina, the lunging in right hand. I think if Pacheco puts together like a little flurry, especially right now when she sees that Mahawk Natina is tiring, slowing down, laboring to kind of get the punches out there. Cut the cage off. Let the combinations go. Ooh, big shot though. Big shot though by Mohawk Natina. Pacheco's tired too. Just mentally, she's so strong. She just pushes forward. Oh, that last shot landed. She sees it now. She sees it. Oh, good takedown defense. Right to the top position. Mohawk Natina needs to stand back up to her knees. Get to her knees. Oh, finish. Oh, she should have just hammer fisted from there. Would have made would have made the ref want to step in. A la Frank Shamrock, Tito Ortiz go back to their fight at the very end. You see uh Frank Tito just not able to get the takedown, and Frank just hitting him with the hammer fist to the side of the head. Great stuff. What are the questions we got? Hold on, let me bring it over. Who was Javier Mendez coach when he was a kickboxer? Uh, you know, he trained with a lot. He trained with a lot of good guys, but um, you know, um we called him Pops and uh you know, and uh he he would come in and train. He was um he, he was from Hawaii. Good good coach. I worked with him a bunch of times. Uh, he passed uh recently. Um and uh that was his um I can't uh jeez gosh, gosh uh his name was Walt but I was trying to remember um he just he just great boxing coach good good with the kicks Javier already had the kicks but he was good with the boxing and getting Hob to dial in his boxing to utilize his kicking so um he's from Hawaii yep yep good good coach super nice guy super great guy man what are the questions all right let's <clears throat> take a look down the list here steven we talked a lot about bellator pfl thing throughout the show so just rewind back have a listen um lefty the mortal what do you think prevents muay thai from reaching the next level as a mainstream sport I, I, it's funny that john and i were talking about this the other day and a lot of people will say it's the music you know, um, the it's it's the tradition of the walkout music, the the whole thing that goes along with it. It drags out the fights. People want to see the fights come out, fight, and then you know, and then that's it. 
You want to see the best fighters fight each other. I like what one's doing with the um, with the MMA gloves. It's making a difference. That type of stuff makes a big difference. I really like to see like the, the big gloves really take away from, from the actual fight. I want to see people get hit. I don't want to see them just cover like this with a glove and then it doesn't ever really land. Now, I know as a fighter, you'd like to have that extra padding in the gloves. But as a spectator, you'd like to see what would happen if it was a real fight. You know, if it was a real, if it was out in the street, like will my gloves, will my hands fit through your, your defense? And it just makes a big difference on how much action uh, actually happens. And so when, I, when I'm watching these fights, and that's the Muay Thai portion of it all, I love watching, like when Bokao was fighting, he was freaking fantastic. He was good boxing, good elbows, you know. Um, you know, Muay Thai guys never had the best boxing, but he could box. But he mixed it all all together really well with his hands. And I go over and I see like uh, Masato when he was fighting over in uh, Japan. He had really good boxing mixed in with his kicking. Like that K, those K1 level of uh, kickboxers um, were just so fun to watch, man. So fun to watch. Uh, Decker and um, um, Zambezi, I think it was his name. Like they were just, they were so fun to watch fight because... Uh, they put it all together so well. So I, I think you've got to get back to like that, those, those kind of like K1 style kickboxing fights is what we need to get back into, but with little gloves, with MMA gloves. Oh, big straight right by Pacheco. Oh, she's just chasing around now. Cut her off. Oh, big head kick. Oh, nice takedown. She caught the leg after it bounced off her face. <laughs> she got the takedown off of that. Nicely done. Nicely done. Man. Whew. Yep. Walt Carvalho. Yep. 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 I was, I wasn't going to give out the last name, but someone here in the section did. So I wanted to, uh, I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, he passed, uh, he worked with he worked with Habib. He worked with Khabib. He worked with uh, Habib. He worked with Kane. He worked with me. He worked with Alex Kambabian, a uh, good kickboxer out of AK way back in the day. Javier Mendez. I mean, he worked with a lot of us for a little bit. You know, uh, he came over to AK quite a bit when he was in town. He would work with us. He was there for a little bit towards the end and uh, would train with guys. I mean, absolutely just a great coach. Kind of helped Habib kind of perfect his overhand right. You know, and um, kind of worked right into Habib's wrestling, which was perfect. What are, what are the questions we got there, Dave? Uh, Pumas Regal won. Do you think Patricio won't be the same for the Pinedo fight? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how he is after his neck surgery. I mean, he's been he had no feeling in his arm. His arm started to atrophy. You know, he's lost a little bit of muscle on that right side, or he had anyways. He looked like he's he's filling back out. Um, the weight cut down to 35. I don't know if that helped at all. Uh, you know, but he wanted to challenge himself. He wanted to try. You can't, you can't knock someone for doing that. So I'm looking forward to to what he can bring to the table at 145 and him fight Pinedo. Look, Patricky, Patricio is somebody... Um, if you're if you stand in front of him and trade, I mean, you're in for you're in for some problems. So I look at Pineda and I'm like, okay, 
that's a tough fight for uh, Pinedo because if, if he wants to stand and take shots like he did tonight against Braga, Braga's got some power, but he doesn't have Patricio power. And so he's got to be caught more cautious about how he keeps his defense up. I know he's got a good chin, but the, I mean, in a five round fight, it's going to be, a, it's gonna, could potentially be a problem for him. And I don't know how Patricio will be. He's never been knocked out before. That was a fight he'd been knocked out. I mean, from what I understand, he'd never been knocked out before, you know, and, uh, you know, he lost in Japan that way. And when he fought Sergio, he didn't fight. He didn't fight a, a great fight. Sergio looked good. The speed got, got to him. Pinedo's not faster than, than, than Patricio and Patricio's got more power. Patricio's got wrestling. He can wrestle too. He's got a nasty, nasty arm and guillotine and guillotine. I've trained with him. I've rolled with him. I know, but he's also 35, about to be 36, I think. And so I'm, um, I want to see how all of this plays out after his next surgery. We will see. We will see. Nah, you know, I think because Pacheco was running away with it, but now in the last, you know, couple seconds, you know, Mohawk Natina being on top. Good fight, though. Pacheco, I thought, fought a good fight, was able to do a lot. We'll see. Kayla Harrison. I want to know how they how they plan on doing this. Do you have Kayla fight the winner of this tournament? Or do you have Chris Cyborg fight the winner of this tournament? Dave, what do you think? I think you got to do the winner of this fight and Cyborg first. I agree. I mean, I don't know. Cyborg, Cyborg ain't losing. I mean, but then do you have Kayla sit it out so you don't lose that fight? Or do you have her fight Arlene Blanco? You have her fight, you know, um, Leah McCourt. I mean, but then the other thing too is Leah McCourt and Chris Cyborg. That fight's supposed to happen sometime in you know 2024. But Cyborg can lose to Kayla and that face still there. <sighs> yeah, but then does it lose its luster? No, not Leah McCourt. No, yeah, because they're gonna do it in the UK or they'll do it in uh what Belfast. Well, even if they're in the UK and and Cyborg's coming off a loss, mm -hmm. like the the fans are still on Leah's side regardless, and That's Cyborg's still a megastar. Yeah, <laughs> she's, I mean, she's the biggest megastar outside the UFC. It's an MMA. Yeah, really, yeah. There's not there's not another male star that I can think of, unless unless I'm wrong and you guys drop it right there. Oh, good fight. There are some good attacks by Mohawk Natina. I thought Pacheco landed the harder, cleaner shots. You know. All right, hey, you guys, submit some more questions. Let's go. Submit some more questions. See where we're at. We got that uh, main event poll still running, but we still have okay. a poll main to go as well. So, okay. Give me, give, you have any uh, questions? You got any more questions there for me? Uh, Joel Bellmay, do you think Dustin Poirier may, may be the best fighter to never be undisputed champ? I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, oof. I don't know. He's, he's, uh, he's definitely there. He's up there right there at the top. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from, but you know, you could say a Kenny Florian, Kenny's fought, you know, he fought up there several times, always came up short, uh, never won a world title, but I mean, he was, he was good. You know, he was good. Um, I look at, uh, 
you know, Dustin, Dustin, he's won the interim title. Um, who else? Who else can I think of off the top of my head? Yeah. What is he like? 32, 33. How old is Dustin? Is he even that old? There we go. Oh, wow. 34. I mean, look at that age. You're really trying to find the fights that really interest you. You want to fight the guys that motivate you every single day to get up out of bed. It's just the way it is. Those fights, those are the fights that really make you want to, you know, hey, I got to run that extra mile. Hey, because like, once you've got to the level in which he's gotten, like you don't, you don't want to keep doing the same things for people that don't motivate you. You want the best fights. You want the best fighters to that spark that interest. And, you know, you know who I haven't seen here is I haven't seen Chris Cyborg. I, they didn't put a picture of her on the side. They didn't. Yeah, no, they didn't no. do any of that. That's weird to me. So she must not be there. That's one. Two is. I mean, that makes me wonder: Are they gonna? Are they gonna run that fight? Or are they gonna run the other fight? Are they? Um, are they gonna run? <clears throat> Kayla. Has Cyborg Sorry. had comments? Hmm. Has Cyborg had any comments on the purchase? Uh... I mean, I think she's excited to get over there and, you know, and to put on the fight with uh, Kayla Harrison. But I want to see what... Can you tell me what she's saying? Yeah. Uh, who? Pacheco? Yeah. Let me see division You can tell it's delayed in terms of the CC. Closed caption. There we go. Let's see what she's saying here. Or you're you're delayed or something. Yeah, several people told me. Pacheco, little emotional. Yeah. Oh, we're translating right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get through the It, I'm gonna Yeah, bring bring it back when they translate. Yeah. Oh no, that's not the last. We have one more fight. You don't have collared OAM. You've got uh Goldstoff and um and Era. Oh, you did? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Well, all right. Well, now we have the heavyweights coming up. Let's go, heavyweights. Let's go. Let's see if this fight ends quickly. Let's see these guys go down. Let's see it. Let's um, see. Cyborg posted the yawning emoji with uh, Kayla Harrison. Oh, wow. It's a little video log she's doing, obviously. Oh, nice, nice, nice. 
Uh, who's winning? Who's winning the? Uh, there's 40 votes in this. Uh, Col Collard versus OAM. Who's winning right now? Uh, it's 50-50 split. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. Wow. Close fight. I'm gonna keep the poll running through the co-main because. Okay. I imagine it's gonna be up. It's bouncing wow. right now. It's bouncing between them. I'm watching it real time. Just bounce between 50, 50, oh, wow. It says PFL has found. Let's see. It's uh Nimit, Nimit, Bahat. PFL has found its own female Alex Bahara. <laughs> <laughs> and um, okay. After seeing the effects of CTE, Josh allow his kids to do it in a professional. Who is this? <laughs> oh man you gotta let it you gotta let them uh decide on their own what sports they want to play buddy what else we got which uh dylan read the dylan williams one dylan williams how far up oh let's see he's down at the bottom is it it says, let's see, will Bellator still go to smaller places that did bigger, that, um, that did bigger like Sioux Falls? Uh, I don't know. You know, that's obviously they're going to have to change. Um, you have to, they're going to have to change kind of, uh, kind of their format on what they're looking to do. It depends. Uh, I liked, I liked when we go into Sioux Falls. I love Sioux Falls, by the way, food there is great. A couple of good restaurants that I like to visit there. And uh, the people are extremely nice. Uh, the crowd always comes, electric, all of those things. So, what else? Let me see. <clears throat> yeah, I'm reading through here. Um, okay. OEM beats Usman. Uh, very close fight, though. OEM beats who? Usman Romagamedov. Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, buddy. Behave, Evan. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the speed of Usman, the uh, the way he he keeps the distance with his kicks, uh, he's got really good takedown defense, and he can wrestle himself. And someone like OAM, like if he gets put on his back, how is he? You know, what are we gonna see if he gets put on his back? Um, you know, guys like Alexander Shabli. Just sniper on the feet, really good takedown defense. Extremely tough to get in on deep on him and get him down to the ground. So, um, yeah, crazy, crazy. Uh, interesting note: Dylan Dennis is obviously now under the same banner as Jake Paul, so it makes for an, a potential MMA fight. No, right? no, they released him. Coca released Dylan. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Right after the yep. the boxing fight. Yeah. Yeah. Right after the boxing match, they released him. He's apparently in talks with the UFC. We will see. We will there you, see. There you go, Evan. That's a little correction for you, buddy. What was that? Evan had commented they're under the same banner, but I, no. I totally forgot they come. Yeah. No. I wouldn't say they cut him. They just released him. They let him go out, go out yeah. and do what he wants to do. You know, a difference is when you cut him for his performance you know, inside the cage, but they just, there was no more. They, they weren't really interested in further negotiating with him in terms of fights and try to keep him active, let him go out and try and figure out what he wants to do from there. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so we got we got one finish the whole the whole main card so far. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your thoughts? I mean, you know, look, when you're having title fights like this with a uh, million dollars on the line, some fighters fight conservative. I don't think any of them fought conservative. I just think that they're having a hard time finishing each other. That's it. I mean, like Mohawk Natina, she took a lot of damage. The rest of just couldn't get her out of there. Um, Magomed Karamov able to get the submission. Uh, but the fight was a very close fight back and forth up until that moment. Sadabusi just made a mistake. Uh, Impa. You know, Silvera took some big shots, you know, and uh, wasn't able to continue to get the takedowns. Impa started to get tired towards the end because he was doing so much work. Great fight. Kayla Harrison. Um, you know, Aspen Laz, not easy to finish. Just she was able to get the takedowns, control the top position, do all those things. Derek Brunson, you know, when he got to the top, wasn't able to finish Ray Cooper. Ray Cooper was able to rock him and drop him in the first. It was a good back and forth battle in that first round. But after that, it was all wrestling and Derek Brunson. So there's been some good fights. The uh, the Braga fight was a finish that wasn't on the main car, but that was a finish. Uh, you hit him with a good little short left uppercut kind of left hook, and then you hit him with the flying knee, followed him up. I thought it was a little bit of early stoppage. Maybe you guys can try to correct me if if you believe differently, but I thought it was a little bit of early stoppage. But it was fun. It was that was a good fight. I I thought for sure that Braga was gonna be a, be able to control the tempo of the fight more, land the harder, cleaner shots, walk. Uh, Pinedo down and he just he wasn't able to do it uh he was a little more gun shy this fight than he was in the first fight and Pinedo was able to uh you know able to land that little short left like kind of left loopy uh uppercut slash hook and good on him man got the win walked away with a big fat check that the government will take 20 percent of <laughs> at least <laughs> Isn't Evan that crazy? says, yeah, that's wild, isn't it? I mean, they're going to walk with probably close to 50. He'll walk with 500,000. That's nuts. Right, what says, else you got? Go on GRE again. Your episode was so fun to listen to. Uh, I had a great time uh, on Rogan's show. Uh, who knows, man? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Never say never. I mean, I'm a, lot clo- I'm a lot closer to him now. Back then, I was living in California. He was in California. Now he's in Austin and I'm in Dallas. So, um, you know, a lot closer now. I got to still check out his um, his uh, comedy club, The Mothership. I'm looking forward to doing that. I got to check that out. And he's got a ton of top, like the best comedians in the world. They all visit his, or they're all there quite a bit. And so looking forward to trying to head over there. Oh, I think this should be a good fight. I look at... Uh, Golstov is probably being obviously the favor, but I think with the power he possesses, his ability to stop takedowns, and I don't know, he he just he looks he's physically like a high he's like a hybrid type heavyweight, but he's what I mean by a hybrid heavyweight is someone who doesn't he's big, but he's fit and trim and he's looks like an athlete. Whereas sometimes you see these heavyweights that don't look like that, <laughs> and so. You, you you get the different one. He physically looks like a, a heavyweight, but he also is just a big guy. He's got some power. He's got it looks like speed, athleticism, all those things. So I'm looking forward to it. This is his fourth season, second most PFL finishes. We're gonna find out. Good fight, heavyweight fight. Oh man. Boom, boom, boom. Any other questions? Let's see. 
Joe, uh, let's see. Joe Bellamy, who do you think it, why do you think it seems like folk style wrestlers tend to have more success than freestyle? Uh, folk style is because more of the, um, it's more of the grind. You're not freestyle. Like you go, you go belly down and you're trying to turn them. Well, in MMA, you're, you're trying to hold them down versus trying to get them up. Like folk style wrestling is all about keeping someone down, getting on their head, making them feel your weight, making them feel your pressure. Freestyle wrestling is more like wrapping the waist, wrapping the, uh, you know, threading the legs, trying to roll them, turn them to the back. That, that, that you've got to spend a ton of time in folk style wrestling. I believe for MMA, it's more effective. Just pushing on the head, grinding on you on against the, against the cage, you know, really kind of make you carry my weight to try to slow you down and make you tired. I think that's what folk style wrestling is. Um, it helps a lot in the transition and in, in the, uh, in the cage. Good stuff. I'm going to have to get some new headgear after this. My, my cauliflower ear, these things are not deep enough. And so they, the speakers hit on my ear and they hurt. Actually, my ears start to get all sore after a while. Got big old fat cauliflower ear. It's my, my trophies, Dave. Something you wouldn't know anything about. <laughs> I got judo trophy from back in the day. Yeah, you got what? A judo trophy from back in the day. So you, you know. do. You're like three or four. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it like growing up in Scotland? <clears throat> besides dull, rainy, besides dull, rainy, bleak. You were telling me that like kids would like run down the streets, like vandalizing. What do they call them? What do they call those people at night? And they would run down the streets and like just vandalize and beat people. Neds. Up. Neds. Yeah. What does it mean? Uh, it stands for a non-educated delinquent is what the, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it originally like started yeah. from that, but, um, that's what, that's what it became. But Ned's was just like the, were you a thugs, Ned? The hooligans. A oh, hell no. I was not a Ned. You were never a Ned. No, I was, I wasn't hard enough to be a Ned. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you knew your spot in, in the pecking order and the chain of life. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm never going to be a Ned. So yeah oh man so i just i embrace my my uh male music my red spiky hair i just roll with it all right what else <laughs> we got any other questions uh yeah there was one here let me see uh lazy bed is there another mma podcast you and big john would like to do a crossover episode with yeah joe rogan <laughs> like <laughs> Um, you know, we've, we've done stuff with Shab. We did the, um, uh, food truck diaries. We did that. We've done, I've done the fight campaign with Shab and, uh, what else? Who else? I mean, we've done something with morning combat. We did it with Bellator for an event. We've also done, um, actually for two, for two times. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think outside of those two podcasts. I, I mean, I'll say in Rogan, I can't think of any other MMA part. I mean, maybe. Just to be just for fun, I probably wouldn't mind doing the uh, the Kenny Florian John Anik one. I wouldn't mind doing that. Like I like John Anik, man. He's a nice guy. He's he's uh, he's always super respectful. He respects all athletes. I don't know. I, I got a lot of love for him, man. I think he's he does a fantastic job at what he does. You know, for the UFC, 
And, um, and you know, Kenny, I've known Kenny for a long time, man. I think him and I have known each other for, I don't know. I mean, it's not like we're buddy, buddy or anything, but, um, he's always been super respectful and, um, you got to admire people like that. So, uh, we've worked with Shale also, man, for Harris fast. He is good. Nice little shrug. Ryan Bader in the little queue on the right side. Oh, nice little uppercut. I look at both these guys, man. Both these guys are big time heavyweights. Oh, for Harry gets taken down. Oh, man. What's Ryan Bader saying? Let's see what Ryan Bader's saying. Ryan Bader wasn't able to make it there. He had already some plans. Oh, he just left. Oh, okay. Ryan Bader talking about how his size is different, you know. He's not the biggest guy at heavyweight, but he is about 240. You know, he's he walks around about 240, 242, somewhere in there. So he's not a small heavyweight. Um, but these guys are tall. I mean, I've got to imagine how, how tall these guys are. What, like six, 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 five, six, six, somewhere in there. Someone's bleeding from the nose. I think it's gold soft. Yeah. Wow. And for Hera, six eight. Man. And how old are they? Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> for Hera is thirty four. And Golsoff is 33. Okay, so like Ryan Bader, I think is 40 or 41 now. I think he's 40 years old now. Um, but man, I think I think you'd be looking forward to seeing seeing this fight. Yeah, someone said, like, hey, I'd like to see you do uh Bisbing's podcast. We could probably cross promote with that. That'd be fun too. I don't know. Bisbing's taking a couple jabs at me. I don't know if he's He's mad at me or whatever, but I kind of I like the guy, man. Uh, trained together years and years ago. I think he's a cool guy. People have a people have a different opinion of him, but whatever. I'll just his uh, his producers uh like does like amateur boxing against like mm -hmm. like D level celebrities. So yeah, what's his name again? Steiner, Harry, or something like that. Uh, what's his last name? I don't know. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I'll just I'll be him up for podcast supremacy if you want <laughs> bro you gotta be you gotta win a fight in your own house first before you can leave <laughs> dude i win those fights every day sure sure you do I, i'm gonna send him the link to this podcast see how well that goes <laughs> <laughs> i'll go down well go stop with the with the good top control man doing a great job oh he's in the mount now what you're going to see from Golstov here is he's really slowing the, the tempo of the fight down. But how will this translate if he doesn't get the finish in this next 25 seconds? 
How is this going to translate into Ferreira's speed in the in the next round? Will he still be fast? Will he still be explosive with his hands? Like, will he still be able to stop takedowns? Because I think Golsov's going to look to go right back to what he did in this round. Get the takedown, control the top position, work his way to mount, and start to slow fire down from, from being on the feet. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking to see how that how this first round and implements and changes over in the second round. I'm being corrected about his name is Harrington. Okay, Harrington. Yes. Uh someone said, damn Josh, you hating on Bisbing and Anthony Smith. I, I like both of them guys, and I actually haven't heard one of their shows together. Uh, but the question originally was um who would you like to do it with i mean for me like i don't have anything against anthony smith and bisming i like both of them i think they have a great show i haven't heard i've only heard clippets like snippets of it but i look at like anik and i look at kenny you know what i mean and i think that there'd be there'd be a like a good conversation there for john and i i think a really good conversation there so <clears throat> bisming's too busy What's that? Uh, Bisping's too busy saying the wrong things on live. <laughs> but I think, but I think if you took John, you put Big John on that podcast, and you had the history of it all. I think Anik is someone that would pull it all out of him. You know, like, hey man, I can't believe you've been around for this so long. Kenny and I living during that time, me a little bit more so earlier than Kenny, um, being part of that early history of MMA. I was a little bit earlier than Kenny, not much though, but um. You know, I was there at UFC 40. I, fought, I was signed by I was signed by the UFC in UFC 32, I think. Something like that. I didn't fight until UFC 44 because I was dealing with some injuries. But like that time frame, all that stuff, I think, um, yeah, man. I think uh, that the four of us would have a lot to mesh, you know, to talk about in the history of the sport. Oh, big shot. Oh, man, for here with the big shots stoppage whoa man nice takedown defense didn't let him didn't let him just circle out and get away landed the big shot holy cow oh man oh man ryan bader's gonna have to be on point man you know i look at it i look at the same thing look ryan bader can wrestle he's got good stand-up he can wrestle when he gets on top he can do work but we just saw right there for hair can stop the takedowns. He can make you pay for stopping the takedowns. And he's a big, big guy. Six, eight. Woo. Damn. Tough fight. That's going to be a tough fight. I'm going to call it like I see it, man. I'm going to say like, look, Jason Jackson and, and uh, Magomed Karamov. That's going to be a good fight. I'm going to give the edge a little bit to Jason Jackson coming off of his great performance. But Magomed Karamov is definitely no one to mess with. I've always been a big fan of his. I think that he's uh, he's extremely tough. Tough matchup for anybody on any given night. Uh, his fights with Ray Cooper, even though he was beating Ray Cooper, you know, uh, Ray Cooper was able to catch him in the exchange and knocked him out in one of the finals. And Ray Cooper won that. But this was great. Ferreira hit him, circled out. What he did was he dug the underhooks. And he threw the arm by, and he circled a little bit to the right to create an angle to land the big shot. Landed the right hand, and then took another little step to the right, landed another big shot to the right with the right hand. Nice job, man. <laughs> this guy right here. Oh, Josh Jones. Holy shit, Podcast Dave looks exactly how I imagined based off of his voice. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way, man. Everybody says that you don't look anything like Oh, man. Oh, you know what? We could do Harrington versus Podcast Dave. Let's do it. 
It's whisk. Is it whiskey or whiskey? Oh, Bisbee. Wait, is there's a there's a there's a comment here. Comment. Which comment? Podcast Dave thoughts and I guess. Someone there's one I look like her sound. Look like what? Yeah, yeah it's Josh Jones. It says show or hide the comment. I don't know what that means. Oh. Yeah, so it's a show or hide. It says, holy shit, podcast Dave looked exactly how I imagined uh, based oh, off of his that. voice. I don't know. It's like all the way down at the bottom, maybe. It's right next to see heard one. See heard one put in a couple comments with some smiley faces. And lazy bed TM put in whiskey or whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, I don't see that one in between. That's weird. Oh, interesting. Um, Should I just show it? I'll show it. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I just did. There you go. Is it there now? It didn't pop in for me. Oh, it didn't pop in for you. Okay. Let's see. That's fine. If I made my MMA debut amateur, would you rock the blue paint and a kill it wins? Nah, I'd oh. rock the American flag. Nah. <laughs> I'm more American than Josh. <clears throat> Get the! F- I'm gonna punch you in the face when I see you for that comment. <laughs> oh my gosh! You just be lucky we let you come over here. You yeah, to, I'm lucky. I don't fucking. You, you had to marry your way in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you got there. You got there. Yeah, you had you had two anchor babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had the two. That's so great. Oh man this guy man what a knockout though that was that was very very impressive by uh Ferreira. jeez man great job Gosov looked like he had the game plan in the first round he got the takedown was able to control the top position did some work couldn't get the finish Ferreira's like okay good came out looked good man six eight <sighs> Oh man, that's a lot. It's gonna be a good fight. Gonna be a good fight. Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader. He's gotta have his gonna have his hands full. That's a tough fight. The takedown, the speed. For Harris, what, 34, 35? Ryan Bader's 40. It's gonna be a fun fight. I mean, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right, I'm well in between the Coleman and the main right cool. now. Let, let's get your thoughts on um Bobby Green got a new opponent for USC Austin after Dan Hooker broke his arm. He got uh, Jalen Turner, who's number 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's, I'm pumped for this fight. This is a great fight, man. I think Bobby's good at making it an uncomfortable fight for people. With Jalen Turner is, I think, a little bit like a level above Bobby in the stand-up. Only because Jalen mixes in the kicks. That's going to give Bobby some fits. The Philly, the Philly shell is going to be a little harder because the kicks come up high. The kicks come to the body. It's hard to pull the trigger when you're worried about kicks coming uh, so well. I mean, like he can do it. I know Bobby can do it. But Jalen Turner is is good on the feet. Now, Jay, now Bobby can wrestle. Bobby can take this fight to the ground, control the position. But Bobby, that's not Bobby's style. Bobby's like, look, he, t- he prides himself on being able to make people feel uncomfortable out there on the feet. He's great at it. So when I look at this fight, man, this is going to be a great fight. I was more intrigued with the Dan Hooker fight only because I know the two of them would be talking trash to each other uh, in the center of the cage. You got, you got that, Dave? Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, you can't see me. Uh, the two of them will be talking a lot of trash to each other in the cage. But I've heard that Jalen Turner and Bobby Green have a little beef going on too. I don't know what it is. Someone sent me a message today saying um, that this fight also has, there's something going on with Jalen Turner and Bobby Green. They got a little beef going on. So I don't know if it's from training, past training or whatever it is, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's a good matchup. This is a really good matchup. If you're going to replace, you know, uh, Bobby Green with somebody. Remember, Jalen Turner was putting it on uh, Dan Hooker. And so Dan was able to bite down on the mouthpiece, get after it, you know, and, and come away with a win. Bobby Green will be there right in front of him and ready to ready to exchange. So, man, Ferreira looked good. He stuffed the takedown, dug the underhook, elevated him up. When he elevated him up, he stepped to the right, created a little bit of an angle so he wasn't directly in front of him. He landed the big shot. Ferreira with the big punch, big combination. Jeez. Caught him coming in on that initial takedown. Dug the underhook, circled out, hit him again, stepped out to the right, stepped out to the right again. Three right hands in a row, put him down, rest stepped in. Good, good heavens. Oof. Uh, what other news you got that we can talk about? Oof. Man. Pfeiffer's like, he's, he just, he just has that body style of like it feels like it feels like it hurts to shoot on him. Just his whole body is just muscle and rock hard. And and I think that Jack Hermanson's got to try to find a way to get this fight to the ground and control that top pressure and make Pfeiffer make a mistake. But I don't know, man. Pfeiffer seems like Pfeiffer seemed like is it Pfeiffer? Is it Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer seems like he is someone that can really make you regret shooting in. Really make you regret standing with him. And he's just, a, he's a bully in the cage, man. He's going to be aggressive. We're going to see, we're going to see how Jack Hermanson handled. What was the last time Jack Hermanson fought though? It's been a while since he fought, Dave. Oh, wow. December. Who'd he fight? Oh, he lost. He lost to Roman Delisi. Yeah, we're going to see. I mean, Pfeiffer is going to be tough, though, too. He beat Chris Curtis. He lost to Sean Strickland, who's now the champ. He beat uh, Shabazian. Lost to Vittori. So he's been on this win one, lose one, win one, lose one streak. Well, what's pull up Pfeiffer? Yeah, record, yeah. Get Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer is the one that um Dana paid, right? Dana paid something for him to train. Yeah, remember Dave? I think I believe Dana did something for him. Gave him like either give him some, give him some cash or let him give him some money. Can you look it up? He beat Gerald Murchard. He beat uh, other guys. I think Dana did him a favor. Yeah, he did. Look, Dana away and taking yeah. care. He said he was about to be homeless, and that ain't going to happen. Oh, let's see. We got that made me junkie. <laughs> um, I do a lot of things for a lot of people that I don't necessarily talk about. Um, Joe Pfeiffer, when I left press conference that night, he told me he was about to be homeless, so that ain't going to happen. I told Sean Shelby I need to talk to him because I need to thank him. 
because he gave me a home for a year, Piper said. He gave me money on the side of the contender and really that secured me being able to have a place to live for the next year on the house. Wow. You know? wow. Yep. Yep, yep. Good for him, man. Good for him. I mean, he's making the best of it. I mean, look, the best way you can, the best way to reward Dana for what he did, that good deed he did to you, is just by winning fights, proving to him that he wasn't wrong about you. Good for him, man. This is a big step up in competition, though. A really big step up. Hermanson's ranked what? Number 10? Uh, let's see. Hermanson is 10. Yeah, 10. Yeah, 10. Wow. Man, my CT is not as bad as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, last one here before we get to this main event on the PFL. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anthony Smith is stepping in to fight Khalil Roundtree on December 9th after... Who was it that got injured? Um, uh, Russian guy, I believe. Let's see. Let's see. Uh... I'm struggling with these these earpieces, these uh, these things. Uh, <laughs> Azamat Mirzakhanov. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, Turner is huge. Evan Turner is huge for the weight class. Yeah, I I can't remember off the top of my head if I've seen him fight or not. I'm sure I have. But what do you think about this one now? Oh, I think with uh, Roundtree and Smith, we're gonna see Roundtree's gonna. I mean, Smith, how good of shape is he in? Um, will he check kicks? Can he handle the power of Khalil Roundtree and the way that Khalil Roundtree bullies people around? Will he be able to use his push kick to keep that distance? Um, can he get can he get Khalil Roundtree down to try to put him on his back and try to slow him down a little bit and slow his power down? I I want to know how Anthony Smith plans to fight this fight. I mean, Roundtree on the feet is just it's a nasty, nasty fight. Man, if you guys can see Dave, this guy's just going to town on this cup of food. They can't see you. Jeez, man. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's just like a pitchfork and a shovel. Just shoveled it in his mouth. It was like. <laughs> You're trying to just eat fast so that I can oh, respond as I need to. It's so funny. He's like. <laughs> it's also got Tabasco in it. So my mouth is like on fire right now. I feel I, I forgot to bring a drink in here. So <laughs> I had like an you... apple cider earlier and then it, I like drank it all. But it was oh, I thought it was a beer. You look like no. I thought it was a beer. Oh. It's sparkling uh, and we got those you know the season the the it's christmas time now so you get yeah. uh the wife's buy in that sparkling apple cider oh yeah 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 uh the uh what are they called man what are those things called uh i know what you're talking about yeah so they come in the big bottle yeah like almost like a champagne bottle yep exactly yeah, yeah yeah they're good man they're good yeah yeah we were uh roundtree and Lionheart podcast day versus justin gagey i'd love to see podcast day versus justin <laughs> i would not love to see that one uh the ufc in uh in dial in, in austin i can't i can't make it but uh i know that podcast dave will be there in full force mm -hmm. uh, but i can't make it i will be out of town uh visiting uh family mm. Mm. What else you got? Let's see. Debbie is late. Are you guys going to work for the PFL? Well, that, that's been asked all night, Debbie, but I'll yeah. let you know. Yeah, I mean, like, it's 
we, we won't no one knows yet we don't know what's going on um you know they've got to get the fighter stuff situated obviously uh that's that's first and foremost and i think we're going to find out as time goes on we'll see they have a great team that this that works with the pfl and uh but if they're going to continue to do the bellator shows hopefully they uh bring on john and i you know and uh and and whoever else with the promotion obviously like we that that bellator promotion that production side they we've all been friends for you know six seven years now and so we've it's been a tight niche and i didn't know this i didn't know that when because we've got people that work for cbs and cbs online we've got people that work for um you know other uh, sports products and companies and we've got people that work in you know the nfl the nhl the um you know motocross and formula one all of them but then they all come together to work you know to do bellator events so every a lot of them work for all these different companies or all these other different events but you listen to them talk and they're like this is this is hands down the, the one of their most favorite the most favorite company to work for and not so much in terms of because it's bellator it's just when we get the whole production crew together we get along and hearing i've heard so many horror stories of how analyst or you know uh stage you know managers and you know and whatever it is you know uh production you know directors producers executive producers i've heard so many horror stories how like they won't work events because the sound guy is working or this sound guy is working that event or this guy this stage manager is working this one they don't want to work because they're like they just choose not to take they choose not to work that event which means they don't get paid because they don't like to work with these people but they're like this is a show that we enjoy the production crew enjoys every time we get together we're like a, a pretty tight niche family and we work really well together uh everyone feeds off of each other's energy everyone uh communicates really well you know from our from our executive producer to our producer to our director to our sound guys you know um to our stage managers to to the people that fighter relations in the back you know i mean our whole crew that works the fighters fighter ops um they all do a great job and they're constantly we're all constantly communicating with each other we do a great job and i thought everybody every time that you worked the show i thought everyone had what we had and after talking for the last you know six months of potentially you know bellator being sold and they were like no they're like no it's not like that when i work my other shows like we really don't even hang out with the other crew like we don't even hang out with people that we work with maybe like one person or two people but this is like a thing where everyone always got together we all enjoyed going to dinner together we all enjoyed going you know uh going to work together doing rehearsals we all enjoyed that like, we would travel the world a group of us would walk to the um to the eiffel tower you know a group of like 10 or 15 of us would all walk to the eiffel tower we'd all jump on a bus or we'd jump in the tube you know and we'd head down to you know to london you know down into london you know and it just it's very rare you know that you get a group of people that all really got along and enjoyed working with each other so that i hope that we all get to continue on but we will see we will see <laughs> someone says listen what's this lazy bed here what's this lazy bed huh yeah lazy bed what are the odds we get a vintage tony ferguson performance against patty blades or shades blades and shades i, I think i think there's a there's a good chance 
I think there's a good chance. I think the longer the fight goes, the more it favors Tony Ferguson. Tony's been there in the in the later, you know, in the later rounds. He's got to withhand, he's got to withstand with hand, withstand the first, you know, three minutes of the first round. Um, and I think that as the fight goes longer, I think it favors Tony. Tony's he's still good. He still has tricks up his sleeves. He saw all those things, but he just has slowed down. He slowed down a lot. So he's got to avoid getting hit with big shots um, early. If he can avoid getting hit with the big shots and um, can survive, I think some of that that onslaught in the first, I think that he's got a good chance of you know getting the win. And if he gets the win, what does that mean for Patty? That's the I guess that's the question. Where where do you go? When you're a guy, the guy with so much hype around you, and if you were to lose to someone like Tony, who's coming off of what six straight losses in a row, I think, or five or six, mm-hmm. like where do you go? You know, um, there. Where does the UFC go with you from there? So that's a good question to ask. You know, no, you guys are you guys are exactly right. When we're talking about Bellator, it was more like a family. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Like we finished up the last show at 301. We knew it was going to be the last show. We knew that there was no shows for the rest of the year. We just weren't sure if um we still are unsure whether we're going to be brought on to the to the uh PFL, you know, uh family and see where it goes from there. But uh we definitely we had a good time. We all had a good show. Go ahead, Dave. So if they're only if they're only gonna do eight shows a year though, is that really like is that Oh, making careers who, out of that. Who's doing eight shows a year? Because what didn't they say they're only doing eight Bellator shows a year? No, I think they're doing ten, but they're gonna do some of them over in the UK, and they're gonna have a couple here, I think, in in stateside. But I think what you're forgetting is that even though the PFL has tournament series fights for their season, they mm-hmm. still have fights that go on the card that are uh, you know on the prelims. So you may still have a couple of fights there, but then also too, remember they said they're creating five different organizations, basically you have the challenger series. So they'll push some fighters there. You've got the Bellator series and the champions that will fight over there. You've got the PFL uh, league series. You've got all these other, like they're creating more, you know, um, they're creating more, more organizations, more fights. So we'll see. But they, I think they were saying, I think Don Davis said they're going to have about 30 to 32 fights next year. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you got, you would think, right, Bellator, when I first got brought on, we had 22 fights in a year, which is basically two fights a year, one fight in January, one fight in August, and then two fights a month the rest of the time. Um, now you're adding, like, you know, you're adding the, the PFL fights mixed with the Bellator fights. Clay Collard just chilling in the corner, sitting down. <laughs> That's classic. Uh, he was like just sitting on his in like just against the fence, just leaning on his butt. Um, thirty fights, thirty-two fight, thirty to thirty-two fights. A lot of fights. Um, this last year when we did our fights, we did we were supposed to do eighteen fights. I think we just did seventeen. Um, we were supposed to do eighteen. We only did I think seventeen. Um, the year before we did eighteen. The year before that we did twenty-two. The year before that, I think we did 24, 22 or 24, somewhere in there. So that the, we did a lot of fights when we first got, when I first got brought on and um, they started pulling the, the funding back on from Bellator. But I think moving forward, we'll see 30, 30 something fights is a lot. So they're going to have to keep these fighters busy. That's for sure. Let's go ahead and see that poll, Dave. All right, let's see. It. I'm going to hit it right now. 
this back and forth, back and forth. Let's see. Let's see where it closed out. Ooh. Ooh. OAM at 59% and Clay Collard at 40%. We will see. Let me see. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see, let's see. Clay Collard's got to take the center of the cage. He's got to try to push OAM on his back foot, make him take some sloppy, lazy, you know, like kind of sloppy double leg shots. And he's got to keep his back off the canvas. Not See, this is right here where I don't think he wants to be. He's also got to rip the body to, to, to OAM. He's got to get started early with the calf kicks like he's doing, which is good. I saw that little calf kick. You already see OAM's uh, calf already a little red right there on that far right. There it is again. That will take the power away from the takedowns for OAM. But looks like OAM, you got to be careful. OAM's got to be careful. He doesn't fall in love with his power. You know, he's got, he's got some big knockouts as of recently, but it doesn't always happen like that, especially when you start getting kicked early in the calf. You can't. Ooh, that was a nice little inside calf kick or kick, uh, kick himself though by OAM. Clay looking good right now. Right away, getting busy with the with the combinations. Ooh, nice kick, nice kick there. OAM's big for the weight. So Clay looks like he's big as well. Man, I oh big straight left by uh, OAM. Make Clay take a step back. Um, I was. Met up, we did an autograph signing. Big John and I did with uh Brandon Lockdane. And man, he's big. He made me look small. He's 145 pounder, Dave. I was like, holy cow. There's the takedown by OAM. I was waiting for this to happen because why keep this fight on the feet when you know you've got you've got the superior wrestling? Sag on him, leg ride, hang, make him carry the weight. But can can OAM wrestle for five rounds like this? We'll see. Oh, Clay's got to keep looking to get up. Keep looking to get up. You can't you can't just settle in on this position here. You got to keep looking to get up. Oh yeah. There's a really good wrestling college up in uh, in Canada called Simon Fraser. Mainly freestyle wrestling, I believe, is what they do. Um, Oh, OAM with the back take, figure four, chasing the submission. The strength of OAM, you can see it right off the bat once you get into the wrestling. Clay Collard in a very bad position right here. This is where you don't want to ever be. It doesn't matter if you have the figure four. You never want to be on all fours. Now you can't defend the submission. I, I don't, never understood guys who go to all fours when someone has the hooks or they've got the figure four. I've never understood it. In this position, you've got to be turning to your side, defending one side, try to get that, that lock undone. So whatever side the lock is on, you want to lay to that side, try to unlock it. OAM's doing a good job of getting that half Nelson, making it uncomfortable. There's no reason for uh, Clay Collar to be in this position. Pick a side. There's that rear naked choke. It looks like he's trying to set it in. You can just see the physical strength of OAM on his back. Just, just ripped. His whole back is just shredded. This is not the position you want to be in in the figure four. You never want to be on all fours. 
carrying someone's weight. Lay on your side, on the side that he's got the feet locked. Try to fight the, try to fight that out. There it is. Oh, turn, turn, turn. He's got it. Can't settle. Can't settle. He's got to stand. He keeps turning. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. That position right there. Built back to his base. Good job, though. One way to escape. He was able to get OAM to one side a little bit more, and the figure four started to come unlocked. Clay Collard. I can't believe I, I hate. Oh, 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 oh. Clay Collard with the roll through. Looks like he's trying to hit that reverse uh, hill hook. Clay Collard's wife. She's. I hate when they show the wives, man. They're always in. They're always panicking. They always hate it. They're like, oh, they're a mess. They're a hot mess. Man. Clay Collard out of the scramble. Wasn't able to get up to his feet. OAM with the better scramble. Back to the figure four. 40 seconds left. I mean, but I look at I look at this, right? I feel like Clay did more damage in the first part. OAM dominated the next two minutes of the fight. OAM landed or Clay landed the harder shots. I mean, these are some good shots though from the back where OAM is landing the, the hard shots right now. Some good work here though. Ooh, <laughs> nice little back shots. Eight seconds left. That body lock was nasty. That kind of I think won him the round. But Clay, Clay came out doing good stuff in that first part of the of the round. He's got to not forget about that. He's got to get back to it right away in the in the second round. Gotta get right back to the calf kick. I can't hear what he's saying. Sounds like he's having some problems with his left knee from what I can get. Nice, nice straight left or right. It comes back with the left. Little left hook right on the top of the head. Yeah, good stuff, man. OAM with the good sag. Kind of sagged him down. See how that left forearm is going across the thigh? Then he went right to the leg ride. Then right to the figure four. That's like some old school vintage Josh Thompson right there. Yeah. I mean, I said, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> nice scramble to the back. Clay, got to work to get back up to the feet right away. Good stuff. He's just he's so big, man. Ripped. I get jealous of guys that still have abs. <laughs> Oh, those days are not mine anymore. Clay's got to get back on the lake on the calf kick. That'll start to slow OAM down a little bit and rip the body. Go to the right hook. Go right kind of. Oh, nice head kick by OAM. You can see that OAM's got power. Clay's still showing him no respect there, but he's got to be careful. Back, back to the calf kick. Nice job. Good body shot right there. Like how Clay's kind of keeping his 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 uh legs bent to get ready for the upper get ready for the takedown. Didn't have, oh nice. Oh OAM. See the leg kind of buckled a little bit there. Now you see Clay bringing it. Oh, big shots. You see Clay. 
Those cat kids played. They they paid their dividends already. You see, you saw OAM's like leg kind of give out a little bit. Still wrestling in the pressure here. Clay doing a good job defending, framing the face away. Man, a little bit of that buckle came from those calf kicks. Yeah, if I'm Clay Collard, man, I'm I, in that position there. I'm kicking the calf. Good job. Clay's got to get out. Oh, he sees the OAM, doesn't want him to circle out. He's going to try to keep wrestling. Clay doing a great job. This is where I thought that OAM needed to take the fight right off the bat to get this win. Clay doing a great, ooh, big knee. Oh, get your back off. Oh, good shot. Good shot by Clay Carr with the straight right. Oh, yeah, he's got to work to get back up. Back to the fence. I can't hear what Dan Hardy's saying, but I'm sure it's something about Clay Collard. Keep your back off the fence. Just let me know <laughs> if you want any commentary. I can uh, can bring it on for you to go. Um, um, yep. That's why everyone's listening to me. They want the real commentary. <laughs> nah, <laughs> this is good stuff, man. I love it. OAM. He's got he's back in the guard, but you got you got Clay with the with the chest wrap. He's got to let it go. Start putting his back to the fence. There you go. The space is there. Oh, right to the mount. That's not where you want to be, though. Turn to one side. Yep, 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 yep. Keep going, keep going. Watch the figure four. Don't let him lock it in. He's going to try to lock it in again. Two and a half minutes. This is not where you want to be. You got to pick that side. There's that half Nelson. I love that half Nelson. This is a this is a familiar fight to me. This is how I this is when I fought um uh Pat Healy. And this is kind of how the fight where I had to get certain positions. You got to get heavy on the head. The half Nelson's a big deal. You can threaten the submission there. You know what I don't understand is how fight even myself, I didn't think about it back then, was to try to like grind people's head against the fence. There's chances and opportunities for you to swing around. You kind of ram their head into the fence. You're allowed to use the fence. The fence is in there. You're allowed to use it. I like that half Nelson a lot, though. This is one of the things that I love to do in, in training and in fights is because it really does put pressure on their neck. And when they push back hard enough, you can kind of sometimes sink the choke in when they try to resist. What do you guys got? Questions are still welcome to you guys. If you guys want to bring the questions, I know you guys are watching the main event. You guys got any more questions? Go ahead. Hit me up with the questions. Cholo MMA. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you just listening. Clay's losing the second half of these rounds, but OAM's not doing any danger, any damage. So I want to know how they're going to score this. It's been controlled. Look, if you go back to the belt, the last Bellator fight, AJ McKee was able to beat Sidney Outlaw because he did more damage from the bottom. And I mean, he's threatening the submission right now, but it's not, it's not really that close as of right now. He hasn't done any damage from being, you know, from the back position, which is a finishing position. He's got to start trying to break that grip on the foot. 15 seconds. But I mean, those calf kicks will start to pay their dues. He's got to kind of get into it. 
Got to fall back to the right side, kind of try to open that lock. Well, I mean, we'll see. Look, you can see the clay collar is getting frustrated. Don't get frustrated, man. You got to keep doing what you're doing. He's getting he's getting irritated because I'm just getting control, but nothing's happening to me. I'm just getting controlled, getting taken down. You got to get your back off the fence. Try to get it back into the center of the cage. Clay doing a good job. I mean, the, the original takedown, you can see the leg. There you go, right there. Boom. A lot of that came. Yep, from that calf kick. Yeah. Something's a little wonky right now with that leg. So we're going to see. And look, and this is when you're going to find out. In between rounds, does OAM come out with a bounce in his step? Because like it, it hurts when it happens in there, but you tend with the adrenaline, it tends to work you through. Can Clay Collard come out and start implementing like the leg kicks again right off the bat without getting taken down? That's going to be key. It's got to work the body. And by working the body, it makes it easier for you to dig the underhooks when OAM tries to shoot. Yeah, something's going on with OAM, his leg. He There's that calf kick again. Clay Collard letting it go. There we go. Oh, circle off. See, that's that's the big mistake right there. Big mistake. He put himself against the fence. Oh, OAM switches stances. Oh, get off, get off. Oh, you got to get off. It just keeps going to it. Just keeps going to it because he knows I got to get the takedown. Nice job by Clay Collard. He's not out of the out of the uh, woods yet. Watch that little step behind. Oh, got to got to get moving, man. Let go of the overhook there. Start pushing and framing away on the face and getting away. You can't. He can't afford to settle in these positions. Start pushing on the head with two hands. Oh, right to mount. Not a good position to be in. No, got to push on the knees, push on the knee. Yep, 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 yep. Bring the leg inside. Now roll all the way to your left. Yep, yep. Open that hill, roll all the way to your left. I know it's a lot easier said than done. Got to come out the back door. Go to your knees, go to your knees. There it is, up, up, up and away. He's trying to fight from there. Ah, this fight's giving me freaking stress. <laughs> it's a good fight though, good fight. OAM with another good takedown. Come up on the single. What are you Boogie? saying in the corner at the end of this one to uh, Clay Collard? I mean, he, he's got to he's got to get busy, but he can't let it get he can't let himself get frustrated. This is the scenario right here where he kind of was. He's got to always be thinking, where am I at inside the cage? Keep my back off the fence. Always circling back to the center because he knows that OAM just trying to win the round now. All he's got to do is win this round, the third round. And then he can kind of kind of cruise to the second, to the fourth and fifth round to get the win if he's already won three rounds in a row. But I want to know how the judges are scoring it because even though OAM is winning like the positioning, he's not doing any damage. And Clay's the physical damage is already done on OAM. Now, in this round, it's a little bit different because Clay hasn't got a lot of shots off. But in the last round, I I could see them maybe potentially giving uh Clay Collard the round. He landed the harder, cleaner shots, but it, I don't know if it was enough significant damage to really give him the round. And see, this is the positioning portion of it all. 
he's got control, but he's not landing any shots. So you want to know where, like, how are the judges scoring this? Clay's trying to get out. OAM's controlling the position, but there you go. There's some striking there. There you go. Clay's got to get that left arm out of there. It's just going to be hard. Good, 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 good. Keep coming, keep coming. Hips high, hips high, hips high. He's got a limp leg. He's got a limp arm. Sorry, I'm getting away from the mic. He's got a limp arm, that, that arm out. There you go. He's got a minute 45. Now, see, this is where he shouldn't be. He's got to be more in the... I mean, maybe he should be here. This is kind of his forte is that in that body, that grinding position. Good position. Good position. Yeah, foot stomps. He's making it a dirty fight. He's got to be careful he doesn't get hip tossed in this position here. These are the type of fights that OAM tends to have a hard time with after he's shot all of his takedowns after he's you know try to knock you out he, he tends to start to not slow down but it, it feel like he almost starts doubting himself in these positions i want to see with the confidence of him getting here and uh being here again and with someone like clay collard who can push him to his breaking point clay's going to be there in the fourth and the fifth and right now i mean i mean like if you guys are if you guys are in the uh if you guys are in the comments, I mean, who do you guys have winning? Yes, yeah, elbows are allowed tonight, apparently. But, I mean, I haven't seen anyone throwing them yet. So, is it because they're not used to throwing them? And they just they haven't figured it out yet? Or, because if you go back to what Don Davis was saying in the in the aerial interview, that they are allowed in the main, in the in this, in the finals, because they don't have to worry about the scars healing and the stitches healing, all that stuff between now and then. Clay looking like, I feel like Clay's going to be winning this round. Slightly, but not, you know, like it's close. You can see that OAM's trying to get the power. He's trying to, yeah, the body shots. OAM's trying to get the bounce back in that foot. Good round. Is Clay winning the fight? Because says Clay winning the fight. OAM is winning the sport. I mean, I don't know how you, how you want to call it. <laughs> I have MMA verdict up here, which does real time like uh, fan judging. Um, so they got like uh, it's basically scoring based on mm -hmm. people that are watching. So um, I don't know if it's helpful to you, but it's just interesting to see how people are um, scoring the fight. All right, so they're scoring. They they scored all first three rounds for uh, OAM. It looks like right. Interesting. I would have probably given this last round to uh, to Clay. I feel like even though OAM was kind of controlling the positioning, it was more of survival. It wasn't damage. And I look at Clay. Clay was the one pressing the action. Clay was the one landing the shots. Clay was the one pushing him backwards. I know that ring control is is not the highest in the criteria, but it's more of just controlling somebody and not doing anything with it. So we'll see. Yeah, ice cold. You, I agree with you, man. Yep, I agree with you. I think I think uh, Clay needs to get to the leg kicks also. He needs to go back to that calf kick a little bit. I like that. I like that Clay Collard's trying to rip the body. It's keeping OAM guessing. Also, too, it makes it easier to land the uh, or to dig the underhooks for the wrestling when you're trying to go to the body. 
Oh, see, they, see now they, OAM's doing a good job. Now Clay's not fight IQ, not there. Get back out to the center where it's harder. There you go. Nice straight right. Where it's harder to get the takedown in open field. Right to the body again. Clay doing a good job. Don't lunge in like that. That's where you got to be cautious and careful. Clay likes his position. Circle off. See, now he needs to circle back to the center. See how OAM's doing a good job of making him keep his back to the fence. Oh, good sprawl. Get the right, get the leg back. Get the leg back. Shoving the head. Getting all the way. Now circle. See, you got to start turning himself off the fence. He didn't do that. Nice job. That little, that's nice. That was very nice. Grabbed. I don't want to say something because get us get us canceled. But yeah, he grabbed him perfectly around the throat. So then, uh, yes, nice job. You can see, you can see, he was giving him space. As long as you don't grab right on the uh, right on the uh, on the trachea there, you then it's it's legal for you to go ahead and grab around the throat and push and make space. Clay Collar doing a good job in this round. I got to be honest, round three was a was a close round. I want to hear what Ian Parker's saying. Can you tell me what Ian Parker's saying? He's going to come up in a small box on the side. I worked together with Ian for the longest time. Ian and I used to work together when Ian used to own Cage Hero, which used to be like a a um, like a comic book for fighters. Okay. Oh, nice shot by Clay Collar with the right hook. See, now he's putting his back to the fence. Oh, get up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I think you can pull it off as well. I think that it did go longer than, than uh, it went longer than three and a half. Like Ian Parker was saying in the betting odds, he expected this fight to go longer than three and a half. So if you bet that, then good on you. He's doing a great job. Clay Collard is of, of fighting out of these positions and he's ripping the body, but he's got to get back to the calf kick. That calf kick did did its damage. You saw the legs buckle in the second. I'm surprised his corners weren't telling him like, hey, rip the body. And after you rip the body, go ahead and kick the calf or kick the calf and then rip to the body. So he just doesn't try to shoot off of that. You got to make those in-round adjustments, whether it's in the corner or or just yourself, your own mental, your own mentality. You've got to be able to think through this in the in the fight. You got to see everything going. It's hard for me to explain. It really is like until you're in there, like you, you feel it, you see it, you feel it well, It's all happening right in front of you. You can, you can make those adjustments. I mean, I got clay winning this round. I had him winning probably the third round. Also still a minute left. I mean, what's going on here? That was kind of weird. I don't know what they were breaking about. The ref kind of came in, told him to readjust something. 
I mean, but this is a lot of work for OAM also. Like, literally, Clay Collard's hanging on his head the whole time. Clay's got to stop wasting time in this position. What Something's going on. Is it, did they stop it because no action? Yep, stopped it for no action. I'd like to hear John, like Big John's opinion on that. Like when you see, when you see refs kind of stop the action right there because it's like, oh, there's 20 seconds left, 30 seconds left before the round ends. Do you, you know, like, do you do that on purpose or like to, hey, try to get some action before the end of the round? Because refs shouldn't care about that type of stuff. But do you do it like to kind of help help the promotion if the fight's starting to slow down and you know you've got a good fight on your hands, you just got to make separation and make it work? Uh, what guys, if you guys have questions, let's go. Cause as soon as this uh fight wraps up, we're gonna um we're gonna wrap this live chat up. We've been on here for what three hours? <laughs> three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't have anyone else to really talk to. I had podcast day, which most of you guys probably couldn't understand is English. Um, but, you know, normally fight companions have a couple people, but it's, you know, just Dave and I today. And that's what happens when you're an asshole. You don't have any friends. <laughs> oh, man. You're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Only on weekends. Only on weekends, my man. All right. I mean, how do you guys how do you guys score this? You have it. Someone has it. Uh, Bojan, Bojan, Bohan, Bojan. You have it two two. I kind of have it two two also. I think rounds three and rounds four are for uh, Clay Collard. And rounds one and two, I could see. Oh, big shots! Look at that same me. He's got to circle off. Yeah, he's got to circle off, man. Hey, there's podcast, Dave. Waha. Waha. What do you mean? <laughs> On oh, this I yeah, I barely see yeah. you. I barely see you. It's yes, this is not where Clay Collard wanted to be. Ah, that's why he like in the in the fourth round, gotta go. You gotta go to the calf kick. You gotta make it very uncomfortable for him. I see some people with the with the judging now, huh? You got Clay Collard winning. They didn't have him winning rounds three, but they had him winning rounds four. This is one of those positions, man. The global audience has a, a 3-1 so far to OAM. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like, it's hard for me to say, uh, what, Fight Life 88? It's hard for me to say whether I have the Bellator champions winning uh, because two of the two of the best champions that they have is Patchy Mix and Johnny Eblen, and PFL doesn't have those weight classes. And I don't know. Are they going to have Larissa Pacheco fight Chris Cyborg, are they going to skip Pacheco and go right to Kayla Harrison so they don't lose that fight? You know, just in case they don't lose that fight. Like, those are little questions that we got to get answered. Um, outside of that, like, is Usman going to be the one that defends the title, you know, to represent Bellator? That, because Bellator didn't, um, they didn't uh, strip him of the title. So there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered on how they approach the champion versus champion. But I will tell you this, the ones that I feel that the PFL and Bellator most evenly matched, I think it'd be the 170-pound division and the heavyweight division. Those are the two weight classes that I feel like they would probably be the most evenly matched. Mm. 
Yep, you got you got OAM with the back take on the figure four. You got Clay Collar's got to lay to that right side. The, the foot is locked. Take his right leg and push it behind the heel of OAM and open the leg so it makes it a little bit looser. So see how his right knee, he needs to lay to the – oh, that's tight. That's tight. That is tight. He's on that far side. It's going to be hard to finish the choke from this side on this side. So he's going to have to roll him all the way to the far side. But if he rolls him to the far side, that'll be the choking side. And Clay, it'll be harder for Clay to get out. Clay's got to get two hands on one and start trying to get out from that position. Turn his chin towards the, the elbow. Right now, he's not doing that. Clay's in a lot of trouble right here. This is deep. Oh, good job. This is one of those positions, man. I loved getting to the figure four because there was with my flexibility, I, I somewhat kind of had like longer legs to kind of lock people in. And it was just, and I was able to, like, every time you rolled from left to right, I was able to switch from left to right on the figure four as you were moving, making the transition. Big time, big time. Clay Collard. Doing, he's going for broke right now with a minute and a half, but he's got to get that figure four unlocked. There's nothing you can do within that. You've got to scoot your back flat to the mat, start scooting out. He's got to use his right leg to open that that heel of uh, OAM. You feel like you have something to say there, Dave? You're taking a deep breath. Okay. Oh, that choke is in. That choke is in. He's on the he's on the he's on the wrong side to finish the choke there. There you go. This goes back. Good job by OAM. This whole round was lost as soon as he got taken down and the figure four got put on. Felt like it was a really tough go for him to get back up to his feet. I felt like it was uh two rounds to two going into the fifth. I could see three rounds to one for OAM, but I felt like it was more of a two-two if the judges um were really scoring more of the activity and kind of striking in, in the striking count as well as some damage and versus just the control i don't know we will find out you've got to do damage not just control not just control you've got to do damage that's the number one criteria so we will find out in this situation 10 seconds left clay collar just i mean i gotta be honest he had to do a better job of keeping his back off the fence and circling, always circling back to the center of the cage, always getting back to the center of the cage. You can see the look of frustration on his face. It's not the way you want to finish the fight. Kel D. D. Wees. Kel D. Wees. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I mean, if you say Clay Collard versus Alexander Shabley, or if you say uh, OAM versus Shabley, I mean, they're cheering on OAM right now, but I mean, I wouldn't say it's 100% that he won that fight. I mean, even when he got the control, he's threatening the submission in that fifth round, he probably won it, two, I guess two rounds to two, but you could also say in the in the first and second round that, oh, that Clay Collard did more damage. I don't know. I mean, look at this punch strikes too. I know, look, and I've said this before, punch strikes don't mean anything. It has, a jab doesn't count the same as, you know, six jabs doesn't, don't count the same as one big overhand right that, you know, wobbles you and hurts you. So 
there's a difference. You need, of course, OAM, OAM by decision. People have body lock has him stuck. First time watching PFL, not impressed. Bojan, Bo, Bojan, you got to give it some time, man. There's going to be a lot of top level fighters that came over from Bellator when they start mixing up these fighters and uh, getting to get to get to see the fights that we all want to see. You know, there's a lot of top level fights that I'd really like to see uh, between these fighters. So, you know, um, but I think it'd be good. I'd like to see Brent Primus uh, versus OAM. That'd be a good fight for me. I'd like to see uh, Islam Mamadov versus OAM. I'd like to see um, Clay Collard um, versus Alexander Shabli. I think that'd be a good fight. Or Tofik Mosayev. I'd like to see those fights. There's lots of fights in this that I'd like to see available for across the board. What do you got for me, Dave? I was just going to ask. If you're coming off the biggest announcement in your company's history, right? You go on the biggest show or, the, you know, the biggest media show, um, make the announcement, uh, talk about it, break it down, kind of make this big deal about it uh, right before your, your end of your event. You're kind of hoping for, you're kind of hoping for a bit more kind of action, right? Because you're probably getting a bit more of an audience than, than you're used to coming off mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So I think. I, I would I would probably say you're a little disappointed with the action tonight if you're if you're well, you, you got to look at it a couple different ways. I mean, I, I look at it in one way and Scott Coker said this all the time. All I can do is put the best fights on and you have to leave it up to the fighters to do the rest. That's all you can do. And I get I get it. The, the promotion that wants to do something. But look, this isn't this Josh, is people will say people will say that's why Scott had to sell his promotional people will say that. Well, that but Scott didn't own Bellator. I know, I know, but that's he what people... He didn't own any of it. But no, but the thing is, he, he built up a pretty damn good roster that people are talking about now. Patchy Mix is ranked in the top three or four right now in the, in the Bantamweight division when people were saying that he's probably the best Bantamweight in the world. Johnny Eblen, they're rating him as one of the best middleweights in the world. You know, uh, Jason Jackson, Amosov, were, Amosov was considered to be one of the top, top uh, welterweights in the world. There's fights. There's fights out there to be made. Um, so... People want to say whatever they want that Scott had to lose Strike Force. Scott had to lose uh, Bellator. Bottom line is, look at how many Strike Force fighters went over, became UFC champions. Look how many Bellator fighters. Let's see how the result is not in yet, but let's see how many of those fighters go over and become PFL champions. We'll see. I think I think there's a lot of good fights to be made, and uh, we're I guess we're in crazy times right now with MMA. There's a lot of things that are going to happen, and we're going to see exactly how it all pans out. But I'm looking forward to seeing how this how this thing shakes out in the end. There's they've got ideas that they want to run with the PFL, Don Davis, and them, and who they bring on will make a big difference. Do they bring Scott Coker on? Does he come on? Does Mike Kogan come on? Does um you know uh, which fighters? choose to um talk with you know their management and stay and which fighters choose to try and like get out of contract you never know there's so many things that fighters are talked about and fighters have been talking for a long time about like hey like yeah i want that fight i want this fight so we'll see what happens there's a lot there's a lot there's so much that still needs to be done and we're going to get through the holidays into the into new years and see what happens but hey guys, before we uh scat out of here and we run, it's gonna be go to go to onlyfans.com slash Wayne in, onlyfans.com slash Wayne in, subscribe to us over there. It is free. Uh, we don't charge anything, we just put extra content for you guys to uh take in. Also, go to wayneinmerch.com, pick up some of our shirts and apparel and all the other stuff. So we have hoodies. I know I know winter's coming on. Great gifts for everyone. 
check it out. We've got short sleeve, long sleeve, uh, hoodies, hats, beanies. We got it all available for you guys there at, at weighinginmerch.com. Check it out there. Uh, you, know what, you know what I'm going to do real quick? I'm going to take a couple little extra answer uh, questions. If you guys have some, so go ahead, Dave, why don't you read me off like two or three and we'll do those as we close the night. <clears throat> all right. Uh, we'll wait for them to come in. Let's see here. Give me, give me a thumbs up in the comments. If you guys like what we did tonight, or I guess, is it a heart or a thumbs up, but give me, thumbs give me up. something there. Let me know if you guys enjoyed this, if we should do this more often, I definitely probably won't do it for the full three, three and a half hours by four. myself again, four, four hours by myself again. <laughs> so, um, want to thank Dave though for jumping on and doing this with me tonight and uh hopefully we can do this more often go ahead give me a couple That's questions your, your week your week's budget is spent now by the way uh <laughs> Eric says uh Josh got a question do uh we'll ignore that one yes the answer is yes um Ace Cold asks Josh the PFL really got all 210 fighter contracts how many of those only have one fight left um, uh, I don't, I wouldn't know that answer. Most fighters contracts are kind of private. You know, most, most of them are, I know some of them, you know, but mainly just the main fighters. There's a lot of fighters on there that are going to be coming off of a loss. You can look for their, for their contracts to be probably evaluated. Who knows? Um, there's a lot of fighters that, um, you know, that, that will just be talking to the PFL to figure out exactly what the direction is that they want to, you know, that, that, they, they want their career to go in and maybe they can work together and make sure that it goes in that way. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen. So you guys got to bear with the PFL, why they do this. Um, it's not easy. I've been part of the PFL. I, mean, I was part of the strike force buyout. And then, uh, you know, and I was also part of that strike force buyout when it was the UFC, but you have to remember, I was also part of strike force when strike force took over all the elite XC fighters that when elite XC went out of business. So there were so many things that happened um and that's all that all that stuff takes time so good for them a couple of people saying that oam just retired oh he did good for him that's what the same collect the check and move on buddy i mean that but then again look now this is another thing the pfl is going wait a second we just signed this deal for you to fight now like we want you to fight the champion now is this a ploy from him to get more money like hey you have to pay me a lot of money to fight this champion over here did you fight Usman though? I mean, Usman would could be considered the Bellator champion, but now under new ownership, do you? What do they decide to do? do they decide to strip him. Do they decide to let him keep the title? Like I don't know. That's a good. You question. never know. There's a lot of things like you never know with new with new ownership, uh, what they decide to do and which direction they want to go. Okay, give me two more. Uh, Omar Pipos, does having no elbows make the ground way more boring? Uh, so there's a couple of ways of looking at it. I say no, only because it creates more space, which gives the person on bottom uh, more freedom to move, which means that there's more scrambles and more action. Um, but then like the elbows, as we were watching tonight, I can see why, like if I, if I'm worried about controlling you, then I'm not worried about elbowing you and striking you. I mean, it, I don't know in a tournament format. I understand why they're doing it. Don Davis talked about it on the aerial show is. We don't allow it during the tournament format, this in-season format, because if someone gets cut real bad, they can't turn around and start training, you know, in a week or two, like we need them to, to get them back into the next fight. Uh, just for some clarity here. He said he didn't retire. He's just not doing the next season. That's, that's, oh, that's, is. that's common. Look, this is, this season stuff is really difficult on the fighters. It really is because even though they train consistently, 
being in camp nonstop in a short season like this, it just, it's so taxing on the body and taxing mentally. And if you come up short, like clay collar did tonight, so frustrating, so frustrating. You're one step away, one step away. And then you're not giving it your all your next camp. Cause you're like, I was just there. You I can do it again. Nah, not always. There's always someone new that comes into the play. Yeah. It's going to be tough, man. Um, yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of um there's a lot of uncertainty here. People are okay. saying he didn't retire. He's taking a break from the season. He said he's uh, at least for the next few years he's taking a break. So it's just not super clear uh, on what exactly he said. But I'm sure it'll hit the headlines and we'll talk about it on the midweek show. Got it. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. Um, let's see, little nunchucks. Do you think they add bantamweight and middleweight divisions for the next PFL season? Uh, I don't want to say it'd be foolish, but they would be foolish if they didn't. It would be foolish. You've got Patchy Mix, Magomed Magomedov. You got Sergio Pettis. You got Stotts. You got Savatello. You've got all the top level fighters that you need at 135 pounds, and you can sign more. There's more out there. There's plenty of them that are out there at 135 pounds. You can sign them. Doesn't mean they're all going to be world, you know, world beaters in the beginning, but there's fighters out there to be had. You know, uh uh brett johns he's out there like these are guys all under under contract get him in there and they can fight like there there's plenty of top level fights at 135 pounds that bellator already has on their roster uh middleweight you've got gegar musasi you can't let a legend go without getting them at least getting a one or two fights out of him in the pfl it just doesn't make any sense use that name value to build your brand uh you got fabian edwards still young still up and coming you know, had a great fight against uh, Johnny Evelyn, cut Johnny Evelyn, did some damage to Johnny Evelyn. Johnny Evelyn being a stud that he is, you know, weathered the storm, came out, got the finish in the next round. There's there's fights. There's fights to be made there. You got Tokov. Tokov's what, 30? I think he's 31 and three now after Johnny beat him, but that was a great fight. Tokov is a stud. You've got a good, you've got a good plethora of guys at 185 pounds. Austin Vanderford, Dalton Rasta, those guys that are there. So you've got guys that are there that are, that are available and there's more talent out there to sign at 185 pounds that are available. <clears throat> and so I think it'd be foolish not to have that weight class. I think 135, 185 is a must. And if you really are looking to be co leaders, you got to have every weight class that's available. You got to have the, you know, the 125 I can understand. But 135, 145, 155, 170, 85, 205, and heavyweight, they all need to be they all need to be stocked. And in terms of the female divisions, that's that's hard because there's not a ton of female fighters out there. And the ones that are out there, I mean, were kind of brought over, bought into when Strike Force was bought by the UFC. And then now that's kind of like where they go. You've got, you know, the 145-pound weight class, you know, for for um Chris Cyborg, you've got the one on the 125 pound weight class um for Bellator, which is a good weight class, is an entertaining weight class. You've got good fighters that are there. So I'm hoping that they keep that 125 pound weight class. I would like to see a 115 pound weight class started by PFL or Bellator because there's plenty of 115 fighters, 115 pound fighters out there that are just fun fights. I mean, look at all the good fights, all the the really exciting fights that happen at 115 pounds for the UFC. Whaley Zhang and Joanna Jen Chacek. You got Rose Yaman Yunus. You've got, you know, um, 
you've got all these fights that all happen within that weight class. It's a stacked weight class. And I think there's plenty of other fighter, female fighters out there that you could sign to put together a pretty good roster at 115 pounds. So who knows? We will see. But hey, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us during this live, a full four hours by myself with Podcast Dave. I want to thank you guys so much. And uh, Dave, we are signing off. And just, oh, one last thing. If you guys um, get an opportunity, please, and a chance, please um, send Big John over a message, you know, um, and wish him the very best and uh, and everything. So I want to thank you guys. Hit him up on the Twitter. Hit him up on the, his Instagram, whatever it is. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in for this time. And we will see you.